This special bonus episode of Hayuchi Wrestling was originally requested by Arnel De Leon, one of our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash Hayuchi Wrestling. And hey, if you want to support myself and Joe, get access to a whole bunch of audio goodies, including pay-per-view review episodes from AEW and WWE going all the way back to 2015 SummerSlam, that is, as well as our Hayuchi Revisited series, hour-long plus Q&A videos with my better half, Joe Graham, and of course, our fabulous new series, which we're using to help us cope with lockdown. I'm talking about Pay-Per-View Classic, where we're heading on to our fifth episode soon, with episodes as varied as Halloween Havoc, All Japan, Women's Destiny 1995, December to Dismember. And well, if you look at the poll and Patreon, you can see what's coming up next. And Joe and I have been talking, and perhaps a guest may be needed. All of this and more, including the The Big Show Show Show, available for a $5 backing over at patreon.com forward slash wrestling. But for now, enjoy this a little bit of an experiment as we are lent the format of another podcast and we go look at Ready to Rumble. The How To Wrestling Cinema Club. Prepare yourself for a little bit of bonus content that fell between the cracks of all other formats and podcasts. Hello, it's your old pal, Cowboy Kevin, joined here in this cinema swirl-like endeavor by Joe Graham. Hello. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to get to watch a silly movie. Yeah? You excited for this? Yeah, I am. I can't believe this gets to be my job for the day. Yeah, it's, it's something a little bit different. This is an idea concept that's been batted around for ages because over on Cinema Swirl, if you've uh, not heard that, it's a podcast that's on our podcast network, Podcrabs. Make sure you follow Podcrabs on Twitter to get yourself information on all the podcasts coming out across all the channel. But we chatted with Sam about this and we both felt that WCW's movie Ready to Rumble was neither fish nor fowl. It was not classic in any sort of a real sense of the word, mm. but also as well kind of going into it half-cocked for just saying it's cinema swill behind a paywall we weren't really sure either. So I talked with Sam and he said he's more than happy to lend us the keys, jingle jingle, <laughs> and uh, we're going to go and drive the format around for a few hours and wow, see how we get on. daddy's car. <laughs> so a big huge thank you to Sam, my OTP from Cinema Swirl, who I always love more than anything doing that podcast and the limits of how fun the format is will be tested today i'm sure in one way shape or form joe ready to rumble mm. what if anything do you know about this film oh my god i know so little about it and when it was first requested i thought it was like kind of a joke or something like i i obviously googled it and i was like okay ready to rumble and it's got this guy david arquette yeah who i literally only know from wrestling okay. as a celebrity in wrestling. Okay, so you weren't but a Scream I... fan, by the way, then. Like, Is so... that what he's famous yeah, for? Yeah, Scream. So he's he's an actor. He's an actor, Hollywood. Right. Okay. He's from Hollywood. Right. For someone who didn't know who he was yeah. or what WCW was or any anything to do with this movie, it was just very confusing. And I thought that maybe he 
was going to be playing like a wrestler and okay. it was like a fictional story of like a wrestling industry kind of thing. So you know that David Arquette, there's an involvement there. You're assuming David Arquette is, is in this. Well, I know that David Arquette is in this because he's on the poster. Ah, see, this always happens in Cinema Swirl. The poster got <laughs> revealed details. But also I know that David Arquette was involved in wrestling somehow. Okay. But I don't know which company. I, I think he won a belt. It did I, pop up on an episode we've done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember which one. Can you think of anyone? Because that's what something I wanted to get into as well. Before you know, we're asking about the movie is kind of sussing the WCW knowledge. I feel like we have spent a lot of time not even realizing it on WCW the last year in particular. But there would have been uh, some bookers or writers in WCW at some point who had some crazy outside the box ideas. Any ideas, uh, people we've done episodes on who might be a creative sort? I mean, Eric Bischoff, he's a creative sort, but... He is a, and he's, he is, actually, no, he's a creative of sorts. That's different. <laughs> and also, I think Eric Bischoff would make sense because obviously he's got more of that producer background. He's mm. got connections in TV and Hollywood and stuff. So, like, that would make sense to me. Yeah. But as far as I know, like, I mean, this did not come up in his episode. So I'm pretty sure that he doesn't have anything to do with this. I mean, I'm pretty sure his capacity is being like kind of an exec in Turner. Although when most of this was happening, Bischoff would have been on that big sabbatical. Like, do you think he was an executive of was fishing in Wyoming right there? <laughs> the business was booming. Executive right? of his big hog. Yeah. <laughs> Shareholder meeting. <laughs> yeah. Get a few beers for the boys on the board. Am I right? <laughs> So it's not, it must be Bischoff would not be the brainchild of this. The person who might think, celebrities, wrestling, any old fecker can wrestle. Get me a celebrity, I'll do something with him in the wrestling ring. We'll get big mainstream exposure because, you know, wrestling belts are just props. They're not a big deal. People only want to see shock value and big changes and surprises. I can, I can, I can. I know who you're talking about Oh, now really? Because I can imagine just with the tilt of your voice there, there was like, there was an implied bro- yeah, there's a little bit. It's it's like when Doctor Jekyll is talking about like how horrible the things Hyde does are. It's like, but I'd never do something like that. Would I? And you can you can see a bit of the Hyde come yeah. out, can't you? And there was a little bit of bro, bro. there. There was a little bit of that. Yeah, so, uh, so it must be Vince Russo. Vince Russo, bro, everyone's favorite uh, writer. He's got heavy involvement in this. When depending on the day of the week you catch him or the shoot interview or his level of Christianity that day, he has nothing to do with. Everything to do with is super proud of or is not proud of. In you should just forget about it you mark he's involved okay he's involved so but he this didn't come up in his episode i think there was a kind of a cavalcade of like lots of egregious things that he had done <laughs> you know that we kind of we got into but I, think, I guess i just didn't consider you know when we were talking about things like you know him burying rick flair in the desert i didn't expect you know a bad gross movie to be like an equivalent badness it is a different string to the bow but i mean look ready to rumble as if anything joe is it's not a one person thing okay this is this is by committee this is lots of people <laughs> having inputs and ideas in here okay so just to be clear because this again was very confusing to me yeah this isn't a film about wrestling it's a film by wrestlers I mean, what do you think? You tell me, because this is cinema. This is a cinema throw format. Oh yeah, of course. TM. So I have to guess. I okay. can't tell you have to guess. I mean, look, the, the what I'll give you, seeing is you know this so much from from the poster. Yeah. You know, there's David Arquette. Yes. Yeah. We know that it's involved in wrestling. Okay, as in like that. We know that WCW, as a wrestling company, has like endorsed and asked and is involved in producing and making this movie, right. and will presumably profit off of it or fail off of it, depending on how it does. That's what 
was confusing to me. I thought this was about WCW. Oh, I didn't realize it was by WCW. It's, it's okay, That's, but like that kind of I'm not that surprised because it's. I mean, out of all the wrestling promotions ever, WCW <laughs> makes the most sense. Like as we said in the episode we did on them and Eric Bischoff, it's. You know, they have a lot of connections to TV studios. And yeah, Turner. Turner exactly. Yeah, Turner Media, yeah. WCW, can you... Ca- I mean, I'm going to try and help you a little bit, at least, because you're trying to think about a movie you don't know about, but it's obviously been quite a long time since we've done maybe some of these episodes. Let's maybe have a bit of a refresher. You've gotten Bischoff. You've gotten Russo. Any other kind of names that you would associate? Big episodes that we've done where WCW was a topic or it came up. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one that comes to mind is Scott Hall. Oh, yeah. Because of him leaving the WWE to go join WCW with Kevin Nash. And Mm. then there's the whole breaking kayfabe or whatever the first time thing. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, maybe he will be in this as like a honky villain or something. I mean, all wrestlers... So I mean, it's, this is, I don't know if wrestlers will be in. I, I'm not. I know there's at least one wrestler because okay. DDP is in this. Yeah, okay. I've seen a picture of DDP on like one version of the poster or okay. a, a DVD cover or something. So Are you excited for DDP? I mean, he was some. Yeah. You enjoyed your when you researched DDP. Absolutely, yeah. And my favorite thing about DDP wasn't even like him as a wrestler, even though I do like him as a wrestler. It was him as an entertainer and as a character. Okay. Like I think he gets he and obviously has a lot of fun doing the character work. Okay. And so to see him in an acting role, I'm really excited to, to see. All right, so you, you hope for Scott Hall. You know DDP is going to be there. I know DDP is going to be there, but I don't know like how much because I've, I've kind of, there's a part of me that thinks, you know, a lot of times with movies like this, when they have like a big name, they're just in it for like a minute and then right. they like put their post they put their face on the poster and their name on the poster like look this top star from this wrestling right. company is going to be in this movie lot so i don't even know if he's really going to be expecting cameos perhaps yeah cameos more than like celebrity wrestling cameos more than um like actual acting roles but we'll see i guess okay but in terms of if we were to have characters be cameos yeah you know, you know, maybe more than cameos like, okay. what, what wrestlers would you like to see get like bigger roles other than or who would you expect from your WCW episodes I mean is, is Easy is Bischoff going to be like playing himself oh, I fucking love that I would love that so much I, I, ge- genuinely I would fucking murder to <laughs> I would kill someone to have any type of Oh my god! Can we just like just not even do this episode? I just want to like fantasize about a comedy involving Eric, just about Eric Bischoff. It'd be so fucking good. This, this is ridiculous, right? All right? I'm watching here now. He shows up in AEW, and like I after a pay per view classic on Patreon, where you're like waxing lyrical about how hot 2002 Vince McMahon is. <laughs> now apparently, I don't need that job anyway. Eric Bischoff is the hottest thing in wrestling. <laughs> what the fuck happens? This is ridiculous. Oh, I have such terrible taste. <laughs> creepy old man. Clearly, obviously. So, <laughs> I'd love to see Bischoff in this, mm-hmm. but I don't. Th- oh, I don't know if he will be or not. Like, on the one hand, I kind of feel it's not really his thing, but also, you know, any opportunity to kind of like be on camera and get to watch. You himself, know, he'd love to he do it. He would love to do it. Yeah. yeah, but I also kind of feel there's a part of him that kind of think he's a bit too important to do it. So mm. I, I, I'm not. I'm not assuming he'll be in it. And, and also as well with Bischoff, you know, like any day of the week. Yeah, you know, he, he could be. He could be expelled forever from WCW. Yeah. Now he's, like, he's back as the super duper president for life. <laughs> I mean, there's a big name I'm thinking of who you are a big fan of, like talking wise and energy wise, who, you know, you fantasy cast people to play them in a movie. But yeah. do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, obviously. Who are we talking about? Goldberg. <laughs> can't get enough of Goldberg. Yeah, I just want him to come on like, you know, yeah. Yeah. 
I want to see him headbutt a locker before he comes on to do his uh, cameo, walking cameo on the movies, like bleeding for no reason. Comes in to accept his Oscar, like, you know, comes in bleeding. <laughs> I'd like to thank the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh no, I thought that was his blood money. It's his blood. <laughs> So, I mean, gen- genuinely, though, I do expect Goldberg to be in this because he's, yeah. a, he's a huge WCW name. Yeah, and he's their, their homegrown boy yeah. as well, yeah. He's, and I know, he's not necessarily, like, the best actor, but, like, he is naturally that kind of character. It's easy for him to, like, you know, he just be that character and he'll okay. do a very good job. And, you know, I think the whole walk-in cameo thing would genuinely work well for Goldberg because, you know, he's a two-minute man. (laughs) And just, like, genuinely, I think he's the right balance of, like... Because you need someone who, A, would be interested in doing something creative, B, could do with the money, Mm -hmm. and C, isn't afraid of doing kind of... I don't want to say, like... Because I... I'm going to sound really judgy and I don't mean to sound judgy, but like this type of movie, it's not going to win any like massive awards or anything. You you reckon, Joe? Is that it? Yeah, I hope people aren't really offended by me saying, I don't know. But you know who I really want to see? And I know who you obviously wanted me to say. It's Ric Flair. (laughs) Yeah. I really hope he's going to be in this. And again, I think, I think he's someone who could do with the money. And like, he's in so many things. Like, you know, we're recording this in the summer of 2020. Mm. Ric Flair is in so much stuff. Like, he's always trying yeah. to be in lots of different things. He has his thumbs in many pies. He's often trying to find new ways to earn more money because he's spending so much and he lives this lavish lifestyle. So I could very much imagine him being like, kind of flattered enough and also needing the money enough yeah. to be like, yeah, I'll be in this kind of slightly shit movie, but it'll be fun. Now, the rest, as you've mentioned, those are the ones you're kind of excited for in one way, shape or form. I know WCW, I mean, it's not necessarily been the happiest of discussions we've always had. There's been a lot of kind of misery in, in one way, shape or form. All the different shades of it that can appear in wrestling seem to have shown up in WCW one way, shape or form. Alongside some fabulous stuff, don't get me wrong. We've obviously talked about a lot of stuff that you, you liked about WCW and people you were interested in seeing. Anyone you're dreading from WCW showing up? Yes. Yeah. I was wondering if you were going to mention this. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, who's going to show up, like, and, and wreck the movie or, like, it's going to wreck your buzz? I like to imagine that everyone at home right now is chanting, Hogan, 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 Hogan. <laughs> yeah, I don't want Hulk Hogan in this movie, please. Okay. <sighs> I am really, really worried he will be, though, because, like, A, easy payday for him. B, he just loves being involved. Like, he just wants to be in everything. And see, we've already done a movie yeah. with Hogan. And a, we did it with Sam for a cinema swirl, terribly thought out Christmas crossover where we did Santa with muscles. So, yeah. And I just can't imagine, you know, if they're doing a movie with WCW, or WCW is doing a movie, I should say, I can't imagine Hulk Hogan just being like, chill in the, the locker room, being like, oh, those guys are doing a movie. That's cool for them. <laughs> and not being like, hey, uh, Where's my role in this movie? <laughs> like he's never just gonna be like, cool, awesome. I'll uh, get to have drinks later after work and you can tell me all about about the work you've done. I think it's great fun. I can't wait to hear about it. Like, no, that's not gonna happen. Anyone else you're worried about seeing show up? God, the only other person I can think of, I don't. I really don't see them being in a movie. Mm. Not not given where they were at the time this movie would have been made. Right, 99, 2000, kind of where, a rough time frame for where we are, yeah. Yeah, so that would be, uh, that would be after the Montreal screw job. Yeah. After Brett had uh, 
infamously left WWE and joined WCW. Where he had, and I quote, a terrible time. A really, <laughs> really, really bad time. I mean, his brother had passed away as well yeah. at that point. I mean, and there's a, there's a million other death by a thousand tiny traumas that Breath has suffered throughout his career. So I'm actually, yeah. I don't think he's going to be in this though. Yeah. I would be really surprised because... Again, like Brett holds himself to a high standard. He doesn't see himself as an actor. You know, he never has. He's a he's to him. He's even though I think he's very good at acting. He's a wrestler, really. I know he's yeah. done acting. I but mean, like, this ain't no lonesome dog. No, but, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's a cowboy. It's different. And I just think that that would be kind of like not necessarily beneath him. It's just I think he would know it's not it's not his strengths. Mm, okay. And also, I don't think WCW, knowing how they booked him after he left the WWE, would be like, yeah, let's give him a big role in this movie. <laughs> I think they're probably going to be like, if he is in it, he'll probably be playing some sad old man or something who like falls in slime and like <laughs> does a big fart and his trousers fall down. And was like, hey. I mean, like, I'll, 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 you know, I might as well tell you, Brett's not in the movie. Right, okay. okay. I'm actually glad for that. But I would, I would say... Fucking, uh, <laughs> I'd rather fucking kill myself. <laughs> a director's commentary from Brett would have been uh, something That'd else instead so of this. Good. Look at that. It's the shits. <laughs> I would love, yeah, I want a director's commentary of Brett watching this movie, but just like the whole time he goes off on tangents about how he was on The Simpsons <laughs> and how much better his appearance on The Simpsons was and how glad he is he didn't do this shit. <laughs> he did. I did more in 10 seconds of Simpsons than these guys <laughs> did in 90 minutes of Hollywood phony hogwash so here's a here's a question for you Joe it's a movie WCW are either according to you making it or it's being made about them and we know or you guess that wrestlers are somehow involved yeah we, we both hope and fear their involvement what type of movie what genre if any keep in mind you've seen the poster as yeah. well and I've seen the trailer you've seen the trailer as well my god it did not make sense to me it was a very bad trailer the trailer was if anything a confused sale of goods that's the thing though all trailers from like I remember growing up and like you just every trailer was just like fart jokes and sex jokes and my swamp don't forget the close up of a sexy woman in a bikini kind of doing a little dance yeah, stuff like that. For your previous little viewings there, what format are you guessing this is going to be? What uh, what genre are we going for here? I believe the genre is called... Was it Slime Out? No, gro- Gross... Slime <laughs> Gross Out Movies? Gross Out Movies. Gross Out Comedies, is it? I, I don't know because I don't think I've ever actually seen one. I'm really? very familiar with the concept, but as I may have mentioned on this podcast before, I somehow skipped... The two years of being a teenager you that were like an edgy teen. What's I know, about? but I was I was too edgy for the, those types of edgy movies and thought they were a bit tame. Right, because it's like I remember watching like it would have been the thing from ages like ten to thirteen or fourteen, yeah. where if one of the one of me or the boys in the village had a birthday party, chances are once the light, once the sun went down, there would be. I mean, tell me if you've seen any of these ones. Okay. Me, myself, and Irene. No. There's something about Mary. No. Freddie got fingered. No. American Pie. No. American Pie 2. No. Austin Powers? Yes. Okay. I mean, we're getting very fucking tame there now, but like... (laughs) I loved Austin Powers. Broad strokes there, you know? Oh, 
I mean, tangent, tangent yeah. for a second. Are you ever going to do Austin Powers for Cinema Swirl? <laughs> I think Sam Please. may have seen it. Oh, do it for Cinema Swirl then. I'm not sure. We'll have to find out. If uh, it's Cinema Swirl, it's got to be Goldmember. Yes. Goldmember, the Austin yes. Powers iteration that was so bad, it was omitted from Austin Powers' <laughs> pinball on PlayStation 1. We're just going to pretend that didn't happen. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, so we're, we're anticipating a bit of a gross-ed comedy, you say Yes, there. but I don't even know... Because I don't, I don't think I've even seen a gross out. Like I literally can't think think of other than Austin Powers, which I don't think is. I mean, it's not gross. I mean, so too, how we is watched it? The, the South Park movie a while ago because oh, I, yeah. I was like, it's a musical, and yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. okay, and there's lots of you know farting and sick and yeah. shit and that. Is that like? Yeah. Do you you? I don't know if long time listeners are aware of this or not. If it comes up now and then tend to tickle the funny bone a bit of the old sick and shit and piss and all that now. Yes, yes. I've basically my sense of humor is not matured since I was nine. So piss, sick, poo, so funny to me. I love it. So yeah, I don't know why I've not watched all these like gross out movies given that I probably would have enjoyed them. Although that being said, I feel like a lot of the gross out movies I've been told about, like all the ones you mentioned Mm. there, they're all very like sexy tame not really edgy. Uh, all right. <laughs> but, and I've not seen them. I don't know. I know there's a guy who fucks a pie in one of them. Yeah. But like, so? That was me, myself, and Pyrene, I believe, was the, the one that happened in. And I know in something about Mary, she gets cum in her hair. But oh, like... Spoilers. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Tag your spoilers. <laughs> but like, I don't find that stuff that funny. I, don't, I, I'm... I mean, look, look cause you know, what we're talking about here is we're talking about something from nearly 20... 20- Odd years ago oh, at this point. God. So, it literally you know, is, yeah, it's 20 years ago. And we've learned always the hard way when going back and something being provocative and gross and whatnot, it can sometimes be challenged by the modern eyes. So you may love that, you may not love that. I, I can't tell you how it's aged. I'm just hoping that it leans more into, like, gross out with, like, slime and yeah. farts and okay. poo and sick and not gross out like... <laughs> Uh, he jacked off into a cake or something. Right. Which, oh, God. Yeah. And Kevin Smith furiously taking notes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, wait, is it? Well, but it, here's the question. Is it a new movie or is he simply beating off? You never know. <laughs> you never really know, will you? I was going to just kind of try and fine tune a few little bits here right okay. now. Because I would say at this point, Joe, you know, we do this podcast for a good few years. Mm-hmm. And while there'll always be kind of a gulf of understanding, you're a fan, okay? You're, you're a wrestling fan now, right? We can say that? Yeah. You're happy to identify as such? Oh, God, I suppose so. <laughs> I think I've got to at this point. You're a wrestling fan. You're about to go see a movie that you know at least has the explicit involvement of wrestlers and maybe about wrestling or at least wrestling adjacent. It's going to be involving a company of some, some size, okay? Of some sort. What are you expecting in terms of like, are you wanting there to be like, this is just like WCW 1997, am I right? Or like, oh, that's a... Like, are you expecting insider jokes, like, about backstage stuff? Are you expecting jokes about their characters and about who they are? And you recognize them, like, oh, that's so Goldberg, that is. Or are you expecting to be like, look, these are all just wrestlers. This is just a big, broad comedy. Mm. They're just tools to satisfy the means of this story. Like, you, you don't actually care either way if we get any wrestling stuff. Like, do you want there to be wrestle jokes in this is what I'm asking you. I would, but I think this is going to be... Oh, I don't... Because on one hand, I kind of think this is going to be designed for an audience who maybe only has a passing understanding of what wrestling is. So I think it will be mostly done in kayfabe. Okay. I don't think it's going to be like, 
you see the inner workings of how like wrestling works backstage and the shoot stuff that that goes on. So I think any wrestlers that are in it will probably play themselves or okay. some equivalent wrestling character. Okay. I don't think they'll be playing like say for example if DDP is in this, I think he'll be like some equivalent of DDP. I don't think he'll be being himself right, okay. who is a wrestler who plays a character who's DDP. I think it'll be like I am him. So that's, I think I don't think there's going to be much of that. I've literally never seen like a like a wrestling movie in e- my life. Excuse me, uh, I, I I'm sorry, I have to interrupt because I, I anytime my romance and my amazing datesmanship skills are, are called into question. Who showed you Beyond the Mat on our fourth oh, date? Okay. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, r- Mr. Romantic. Put there. down the Cowboy Bebop box set, boys. We got ourselves a new king in town. <laughs> <laughs> I, thank you for staying with yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. No, what I mean by uh, I've never seen a wrestling movie is I've never seen like a movie, like a fictional movie about right. wrestling with a script and yeah, stuff. Not Beyond, a documentary. Beyond the Mat is a documentary, yeah. exactly. It's very different. So I have no idea how A wrestling would even be communicated as an art form in a film but also especially in this particular time like the the ninth early 90s is it late this, 90s? Is, this is late 90s early 2000s right yeah so you're talking peak attitude era but definitely the moment at which wcw had passed the point of no return in that they they were on top and now they were firmly not on top and hemorrhaging viewers right so it's like it's a boom time for wrestling and it's technically a boom time for wcw but they're free falling a little bit right so i mean do you expect them to poke fun at themselves at all or do you think it's going to be like look at this fucking company like real like proper tribal stuff my gut says there won't be any mention of wcw in this oh really I think so it'll just be like wrestling. Yeah, yeah, or there'll be some other company that there's kind of they're making fun of that's supposed to be the WWE or right, something. Okay. I don't see a company. So you think in your mind you think mm. there might be some analogues like this guy's playing a character who's obviously meant to be so and so, but it's not. We're not going to have a character from the WWE or whatever. Mm. So you think there might be some kind of like parody almost? Like yes, but I don't think it'll be as as obvious as that. I think right. it'll be more like an amalgamation of various different tropes in wrestling, of like right. you know combination of like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. You can kind of mix them together into right. this. No world. Ray Wise showing up as Vince as as the promoter from Connecticut. Like, <laughs> you take that back to Connecticut promoter from Connecticut. I mean, I really hope they do have a sleazy, sexy promoter character yeah. guy because. Because I feel that's really important in wrestling. Generally, there's always some gross dude who's and making lots of money. And introducing Paul Heyman as <laughs> Paulie Dangerous. <laughs> but yeah, I just don't see a wrestling company being confident enough to make a film about their company. Yeah. And then also it be a comedy. Right, because I mean, wrestling is good. usually got pretty sensitive, right? Yeah. So what are they going to make fun of if wrestling's so sensitive about itself then? Well, if it's a gross out comedy, I'm guessing they'll... Like, there's lots of stuff that I've heard about. Like, when we read Mick Foley's autobiography, there's a lot of stuff that happens backstage and, like, ribs on travel, and ribs and stuff. Yeah. Or, like, stuff in the locker room, right, and okay. hotel rooms and stuff. There's, like, often gross, silly stuff that happens. And knowing what I know about this type of genre, now, bearing in mind, I've not really seen it. So, I'm actually thinking of the film Clockwise with John Cleese now. Fuck's sake. Or Rat Race with John Cleese. Yeah, Grace. Is that I imagine there'll be, you know, there'll probably be some kind of time deadline involved and they've got to do something in that time, but like disgusting, silly things keep happening to them, which means they can't do it. And I don't know what the goal of the film will be, but yeah, I think that's what's 
going to happen. I think it's going to be kind of like the it will be situational comedy rather than wrestling comedy. I think it's going to be like, ha, this is a thing about wrestling that if you like wrestling, you'll you'll find this hilarious. I think it's going to be wrestling is the world in which this situational comedy comes to life. Oh my god, you've you've gotten me excited for the movie now at this Exci- point. I, I'm not even that excited. Oh, that's my last thing. Are you excited? I always ask Sam this. Are you excited? Do you, do you, do you think you're going to have a good time? I mean, I think it will be fun. Yeah. I don't think. I'm going to think it's a good movie. Like we're we're doing this, uh, we when we're recording this as a little extra bonus thing. Like you know, we have office hours, so to speak. Mm. We're kind of doing this a little bit outside of office hours because yeah. there is kind of a general feeling that this is going to be a nice bit of fun. I think. Well, yeah, I don't think any movie like this should ever be taken seriously. And like, obviously, I don't know much about this movie, but I do know enough to know that when we were working on the artwork for this episode, yeah. Dan, our illustrator, was sent away to watch it as research. Oh, Dan, baby, I'm so fucking sorry. What the fuck? What, 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 that's the worst thing we've ever done. That's yeah. the worst thing yeah. we've ever done. Yeah. Oh, my God. How, how'd you get on? He, well... Without any... Con- the, sorry, I'm not saying it's the worst thing because I'm saying it's a bad movie. No. Just without context. No, no context. We sent the boy into the woods. Yeah, we, he does not watch wrestling. I mean, he used to watch a bit of wrestled WWE when he was a kid but other than that Dan does not watch wrestling so he and definitely no WCW has never watched any I mean other than 60 second clips to contextualise yeah. wrestlers you'll be drawn <laughs> I mean I think he's watched Goldberg walk yeah. to the ring a few times like yes definitely and he did the artwork he was like have you watched it yet and I was like no I've not watched it he was like okay can you let me know as soon as you've watched it because I really need to talk to someone about this and then about a week later we had another call and he was like have you watched it yet and I was like no no I've still not watched it yet and he's like okay can you watch it soon please because I I know you've said this before. I really do need someone to talk to about this. Oh. And I, no one I know has seen it. And yeah, my parents won't watch it. I just, I need someone to, I, I, I just, I need to like kind of understand. I need to vocalize what I've seen. Right, I see. And then two weeks later, I still hadn't seen it. And now he's vanished. And I've literally not spoken to him in two. I'm really worried. <laughs> I think he may Christ. have been driven to some... I don't know, point of breakdown. Yeah, we're about to watch the Blair Witch Project of wrestling <laughs> movies right now. Either that, like. or he's gone total the other way and he's got like this kind of conspiracy theory now where he's like watching it over and over again every single day. He's like trying to understand the movie. It's like got all these red strings like connected to <laughs> wrestlers. Like I must understand. Well then, I mean, that takes care of all the kind of the preamble as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we don't have a mailbag, brimming or otherwise. Uh, you don't have any Pepsi you want to drink or anything like that, do you? Mm, mm, I would like my own little snack that I get to, like, justify eating. That's that's the point of this, right? This, this, this is why I love this format. It's great. Yeah, pepperami or something. You can do anything you want. It's really great. <laughs> no, I haven't got anything. Well, snacks pending. Let's go do whatever we're calling this crossover event. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd have to ask you this. I feel kind of a bit weird asking it, but um, initial cut reactions to Ready to Rumble. I can see now why Sam was so kind as to give us his blessing yeah. for this episode, where he was like, I don't know, you, you, you let Joe do this one. You yeah, let Joe do Ready to Rumble. Thanks as well, Sam, for giving the blessing for us to also do The Wrestler at some point as well, um, which we, we have covered previously for Cinema Swirl. Are you all right? You, were you having a good time? Bad time? Was it this throughout? Was there a moment you reached this? What What's going on here? It was a slow decline. I was actually enjoying myself at 
like at parts. Right. Mainly in the first half. <laughs> okay. There were some jokes. Yeah. And there were some wrestling references. Mm. And it just, you know, I don't, I don't want to spoil my my summary for mm-hmm. the end of this mm-hmm. episode, but it did feel like they had this really short film that they stretched into nearly two hours. Like there was a right, lot, yeah, a lot of moments where I was like, okay, now we're finishing. Like, yeah, there was a very much like an hour twenty. There's a very much like a natural like yeah. it's ending, but then you realize it's not ending. It's like going towards them to train for the final act. Yeah. So you're actually at the end of the second act. Yeah. Uh, here's here's my theory. Always been about Ready to Rumble is that because it's Turner and you know or, or whatever it is with WCW and they have multiple branches of media congre- creation this conglomerate. That do you reckon they have just like generic movies sitting around and someone's like, here, look, this is an hour ten. Adam Sandler it up, you got 90 minutes for the movie. Or like, you put a bit of Martin Lawrence in this, you got 90 minutes for the movies. Like, mm. they have all of these, like, pre-made... Because it felt like this was one of those with then around half an hour of wrestling put in. I don't yeah. know, like... Uh, <laughs> did, it, did it feel, as to your knowledge of wrestling, did you feel you were catered to as a fan? Or did you feel like overwhelmed by wrestling info like because you're kind of the you're a bit of both worlds in some respects yeah i'd say it was both it was it it was both trying really hard to appeal to me as a wrestling fan Mm -hmm. by obviously being about wrestling and and having wrestlers that you know about in there yeah but also and this may be because when was this movie released 2000 right yeah, it could be that they thought some of the wrestlers in this movie would be remembered more fondly or more well than they perhaps were because there were a lot of instances right. of wrestlers of Kevin going, oh, look, it's so-and-so. and Oh, it's Jimmy Bob so-and-who. <laughs> and I'm like, I've literally never heard of these people. I've never seen them in my life. I mean, like much of the joy of this was like, I, like we were like pausing on, look, there's Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, I mean, there's, that's like the most joy I, I, I've ever gotten out of Ready to Rumble in fairness. I've watched yeah. this movie few times i think i've gotten somewhat numb to it but i wonder <laughs> if like if you in the year 2000 when mm-hmm. you know admittedly you were a little you're a little edgy tween you've uh, you've pointed out on a few occasions okay so what literally the year 2000 i'd be 10 you'd be 10 all right maybe let's go 2002 then when you would have been 12 maybe and this is on video at this point oh, okay okay doing, doing the rounds wcw's dead and buried if so, one of the one of the wrestling gang showed this to the ice queen you know on the, mm-hmm. on, the on the circuit would you have thought ah, this confirms everything I feared about wrestling fans? Or we'd be like, wow, what a fun time. I might actually get more into this wrestling business. I don't want to sound really snooty. I mean, there's no way you can sound snooty about Ready to Rumble. No way. I don't think they would have shown that to me as a hot girl who barely had an interest in wrestling. I just, who would do, what kind of idiot would do that? Yeah, the <laughs> We've got do... this hot girl here and we get to talk to her about wrestling suddenly. Let's show her this shit movie. You take that shit back to Florida. If you're working Cambridge, you don't do that, right? You don't drive away the top stars with your fucking nickel and dime bullshit. Like when I was a kid... And I was a WWE fan, mm. obviously through and through, and like WCW was the fucking boogeyman. I remember hearing there was like a movie, but it was like literally a question. Like they made a movie, like, like we would hear about it as in like, did the movie cause the company to go under? <laughs> like what happened? Like you know what happened? Like you know. Wow, David Arquette, that heel. Like there's no way for you to hear that WCW in the year 2000 is releasing a movie, and if you're not up to date on the product, think 
alright, it'll go well then. And then, like, a few months later, the company has, like, disappeared. You can't help but think, no. surely, and this always gets overblown. Like, everything Russo's ever, like, been involved with her touch, like, oh, Arquette being involved in wrestling killed it. It's not. I think the reality at the end of the day is this is much less of a wide impact on the history of wrestling than those who want to make fun of it probably think. So people actually say, though, that this killed WCW. People actually believe that. It's like, it's not that this killed WCW, but this and stuff like this led to, like, you know, Vince Russo putting out the world belt on someone like Arquette and then them kind of basically, you know, hot-shotting their entire championship to try and get a little bit of, like, mainstream publicity. But they were all... I mean, we talked about this with Bischoff. He brought in Master P and the No Limit Soldiers. Yeah. Kiss playing on New Year's. Mm -hmm. You know, millions spent on WCW Nitro cartoon that never got made. <laughs> like, I mean... It's fucking Turner. It's mm -hmm. less WCW and more just that Bischoff was who he was and the company was what it was because they did shit like this. You know, albums and such as well. <laughs> the opening shot, we got lots of uh, classic, classic beefy men, Joe. Yeah, it did not start the way I thought it would. We, we start off with a montage of blood and gore in wrestling. Like, guys getting beaten the absolute shit out of them, blood trickling down their face. Like it's a type of wrestling that WCW rarely embraced. The old kind yeah. of 70s AE blood and guts kind of stuff. It's, yeah, it's not even like ECW stuff that I'm familiar with. It seems, it reminds me more of like Whoops. It's very fun recording podcasts in the post-speaking out world where like you're like, oh, this reminds me of redacted indie company. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> if there's any cuts, folks, that's what it is. We're not trying to replicate uh, Raw Underground or anything like that. <laughs> the pictures are impressive. The little like ready to rumble 3D image cool. at the bottom. Did they make that in words? Yeah, like, I think so. Yeah, clip art. <laughs> beautiful. They refer to as the greatest athletes of all time. And they name drop a lot of big people like Bruno Sammartino and Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Most of these are like not WCW names, like Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> was it more respectful in tone the, from the get-go? Did you think here or? I yeah, I didn't. I didn't really know what to expect. To be honest, I mean, they do go in super hard for like the boner for wrestling <laughs> right from the get-go. Like you have David Arquette's character doing like a narration saying like oh, wrestling is just amazing. You know, it's just it's just such a superior art form. You know, we've got these superior athletes, superior men, and like he obviously like is obsessed mm -hmm. with wrestling it is a lot more i don't even want to say respectful though because it's not like respectful it's like fucking hero worship here it's like really like oh my god wrestling's yeah. so cool like this is basically with all due respect this bit is like this is what they're saying at the start yeah because i don't think we maintain this tone of like these no. are the greatest athletes in the world yeah if you i think if you didn't know what film this was and then you started watching this and it started off with this like you know montage of some of the greats of wrestling and you know how you have to respect the art form and they're superior athletes and then you see that like the last five minutes of the movie if you just cut out all of that i think you'd be very shocked yeah that it's the same movie <laughs> we are introduced to our two main characters gorgly and dingus or fucking bulk and skull i mean these are these are two Two boys who emphasize a lot of, like, what I would have worried about being made fun of. Like, I worry, like, my internal monologue would have been these two boys. And would it? No, but, like, you know, if I hated myself, particularly when I was, like, age 15, I'd be like, ah, right. oh, I'm like them. Everybody. Like, I was, like, very self-conscious about being a wrestling fan. Like, there was a long stretch where I had like, little if no one who I could speak to about wrestling. So, I think the stigmatization of wrestling fans, I mean, it's a moot point in some respects, but, like... You think it's an odd one to go for, seeing as these would be the fans in the audience probably watching this in the cinemas? Yeah, I, it's it's an odd 
goal. I, I, like, I don't know what they're trying to achieve with this because obviously David Arquette and... Okay, I, I didn't remember any of anyone's names. Let's so. let's get David Arquette in the, the no. no, we're all right with that. I'm just gonna call him David Arquette yeah. and the other one boy or himbo because he's kind of like a himbo kind of yeah, guy. Is. He was nicer, wasn't he? Yeah, that he was boy? definitely nicer. I liked him a lot more. They're made out to be like these supreme annoying losers yeah. and i thought maybe they'd be you know a bit lame but likable nice maybe a bit socially clumsy but not bad people and instead they just seem like just like okay i'm not gonna say they're bad people but like they really are not likable characters they're dumb marks. yeah they're super dumb but like really annoying like the worst type of people you get at wrestling shows who like carry the title belt around yeah and, like, really angry like. yeah and yell constantly yeah these are not like necessarily the the best ambassadors i mean it does speak to a, a level of resentment that i'm not saying necessarily wcw but Whoever was making this movie, it felt like they had a bit of a bone to pick with, like, rest, like these wrestling fans, yeah, you're getting your movie, but, like, they were punching down to a captive audience. Like, I've never seen people punch down into a barrel of fish, <laughs> but I think this movie is actually doing that. I wouldn't imagine, like, uh, Vincent WWE, if they made a movie having, like, fan characters who were like, you being, like, fucking idiot morons. I don't think so, no. I don't think Vince would even think of having a fan character, because, no. like, why what's that like what's us commenting on the fans other than they love wwe yeah. and they are the voice of wwe yeah. that's all they want you to know about it uh, jimmy the king what do you mm. know about this character so he's a king yeah the he's... only king in wrestling according to the movie i mean may have been at the time but now there's baron corbin i mean obviously there's a you new know. king in town i mean it's interesting to find it's a second person finally rose up to the challenge of taking the moniker of king it is a sacred position in wrestling like i gotta say as well i really found because the guy who plays the king mm. oliver what's his name oliver platt oliver platt yeah i gotta say i, I wasn't expecting jimmy the king to be a good guy okay because oliver platt in like everything i've seen him <laughs> in plays a villain okay <laughs> and also because his wrestling character is a king and okay yes personally i associate wrestling kings with baron corbin yeah who is a heel mm -hmm. but also i don't think the concept of a king being a face works wait so in america where they love the monarchy more than anything <laughs> I, I guess that's I, a guy coming out in a crowd saying i will rule you and getting a big pop in the mostly southern states where diversity could be ran <laughs> is it's it's quite a leap there yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like the whole very concept of like because i feel like jimmy the king He's obviously supposed to be like an amalgamation of all like the top faces from different wrestling promotions of that time. I mean, you were saying to me, you know, at the start, you were like, you reckon wrestlers are going to be in it, but yeah. you figured to be playing versions of themselves. Yeah. Obviously, I'm always after those sweet, you know, Adrian is Rocky's little mate cinema swirl moments. But like Jimmy the King, did mm. you think that Oliver Platt was like portraying an existing wrestler? Because you obviously recognize the actor. Yeah. But do you think Jimmy the King is an actual person in wrestling? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, the only close thing to King I can think of is Macho Man King. Macho King. <laughs> I mean, did he remind you of any wrestlers? Was he meant to be anyone, did you think? I mean, he could... He kind of... No, all the wrestlers I can think of that he reminds me of are heels. Like, I was thinking, it's a little bit William Regal. No, that's a heel. A little bit Jerry Lawler. I'm pretty sure he was a heel. He's got like a Mick Foley body type. I think they're going for a little bit. Kind I don't know. of. But like... It's the way the fans react to him. Like, they, they treat him as though he's, like... Obviously, David Arquette and Boy, they... They worship him. They worship yeah. him almost like people worshipped Stone Cold or The Rock at around the same time. But he's also, like, 
he's not a youngster, is he? He's meant to no, be a little bit older. No, he's an older man, which mm. is, again, I, I didn't know what they were trying to say there because obviously David Arquette and Boy are, are quite old. I think yeah. they're in their like, 40s in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem when you get guys who are in their 30s playing guys in their early 20s and you cover them in shit for the movie. <laughs> they look definitely like they're in their 40s. I mean, look, here's my main takeaway. I've watched this movie, I think, four or five times now. And I was watching it, I was like, okay... He's almost legendary-like status. He seems to be a little bit long in the tooth for the the company, the way they like him. He's going to be driven out of the company and then brought back because of fan boycotts and whatnot. Mm. People in small towns just treat him unequivocally like he is the second coming of God. I genuinely think this was meant... This picture, when this was blue-skied thinking, or whenever they were doing the ideas for this movie, this is meant to be Ric Flair, I think. I did wonder that at the beginning. Because he has his son coming in it as well, at the end, becomes a wrestler to fight him. Oh, Ric Flair's son. Oh, you I mean the... Yeah. Oh, right, the character's son. Yeah, that's true. David, I think. Oh, it is interesting you say that, because at the very start of the movie, when he first comes out to the ring, they say something about Ric Flair. They're like, and this is the next... Or the, the, the next person to be as great as Rick, the Ric Flair. They do mention him in specifically in relation to how he's the next coming of Rick. It's very notable, like there's certain absences and also more notable than the absences, people who are definitely in this movie for whatever odd reason. So the king is going to beat DDP, I guess, which is my first point of confusion because I thought wrestlers would play versions of like characters. Right, so you, you were surprised to hear DDP was in it. DDP is in this, playing himself. Okay. But... He's in a promotion that's ran by this other guy called Sinclair, I think. <laughs> yeah. And so I was, so, so I'm assuming that this is some other promotion then. This is a made up promotion, but it has real wrestlers in. Yeah, I mean, it was around the halfway point in this movie when you were like, this is WCW though, right? And I was like, yes. And I was like, oh, okay. It's just because like, they seem to be trying a little bit to make you think, well, maybe it isn't WCW. Yeah. Like, maybe if WCW goes under in a year, we could reformat this as any wrestling company. I mean, you know, there may have been a genuine worry while making it that the company wouldn't be a property when it could hit the airs. <laughs> maybe that's why we had all the zoomed out shots of the Nitro signs and such. Like, There's a weird moment where David Arquette has, like, some kind of fantasy dream and he and the shopkeeper cut promos about... Frank Zappa's kid, Dweezil Zappa. Who? What? Uh, that, the guy who was the clerk, the ball guy. Oh. Dweezil Zappa, Frank Zappa's kid. Dwe- Dweebel Zappa. Dweezil. Dweezil Zappa, who is one Dweebel of the... Dweebel Zappa is better. I mean, Dweebel, I mean, if, if there's any of the members of the Zappa clan who want to, you know, pick yeah. a name, you've got one right there. He's one of the main people responsible for, like, the Amy Winehouse, you know, CGI holograms and stuff like oh. that. He, he runs that stuff. Oh, odd little side fact. Huh. Were you surprised to see Macho Man Randy Savage show up in the movie? I was, because he was... He's actually a cutout in the background while the shopkeeper and David Arquette are cutting a promo. I was mm. like, so distracted by the cutout of Macho Man, <laughs> I didn't see Macho Man then in person. And he looks unrecognisable as well. He's so scary here. Yeah, this is like peak Macho Madness. Peak, what you doing up there, Macho Man? And like, while the scene was going on, I didn't have the heart to turn to you and go, this is the best part of the movie. Oh. But in retrospect, I always feel this is the best part of the movie where it's like his dream and he's having... Re- like, I would always fantasise about wrestling all the time when I was... Uh, when I was in my 30s. <laughs> would you would you fantasize about wrestling shopkeepers? No, I, I'd fantasize about like wrestling wrestlers or... Who did you most fantasize about wrestling? I honestly, more often than not, I would actually fantasize about like cutting promos or or standing in the background as one of the 19 people <laughs> in the corporate ministry. You know, go a peak ass. This is great, isn't it? This is great. Can't wait for that long commute back home. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, I, in my fantasies, I respected the business. Or I, I shook everyone's <laughs> hand, not too tight, Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, there, we got some we got some fun bits here, which are mostly for trailer fodder. It is very much giving away its 2000s-ness by having sound effects like, 
yo and the, the big like fisheye lens bulgy yeah. like give me a drink I'm David mm. Arquette I'm, I'm every boy you were in class with in 2003 mm-hmm. oh, there's boy. sexy ladies dancing around yeah there's, uh, didn't expect to see the Nitro Girls so soon I didn't expect to see women in this movie. I'm really happy. I can't believe it's already so close to passing the Bechdel test. Yeah, maybe the maybe the Nitro girls will talk about anything. Like, who knows? <laughs> so it turns out it was all a dream. A royal brain freeze dream because uh, in background it was Jimmy the King has his own brand of slushies called Royal Freeze. Oh. So uh, you Joe like slushies. I do so. like slushies. I like them a lot. Yeah. yeah. David Arquette has his finger in his bum. Sure does. And then he goes to go talk to the shopkeeper and then he puts his finger that was in his bum, like kind of in the shopkeeper's face. And then he's like, smell my milkshake. It's disgusting. Whatever is his soda. It's disgusting and smells of poo. Smells like you put my finger up my ass, bro. (laughs) Now, we were often have talked about how you like gross out things and pukes and this and that and the other. Mm. There were some kind of... um, extra hurdles for you to overcome joe personally while watching the movie <laughs> yeah so i'm on i'm on some new medication and okay. one of the side effects of it is really bad nausea so i've been i've been throwing up most days which is not good and this movie i was a bit worried about how gross it was going to be because although obviously i said in the pre-swirl i love gross silly humor mm-hmm. But also, I've got a really, really sensitive stomach right now. So anything too gross could tip me over the edge. Like, eyes bigger than the stomach, literally here. I like, could literally because... be sick. That would make for a great episode, though, if I was sitting here and I was telling you about how I threw up from the gross-out Ready to Rumble movie. <laughs> oh, God. So you find out that Gordy's dad is 5-0. The whole family are cops. They get victimized, stop and search because they're wrestling fans. And this was really weird. I didn't realize that the cops were his family until mm. like, again, like half an hour into the movie. So he's just I like thought... fondling his balls. It made it like more or less weird that it was his dad. It made it more weird. Why is he fondling his son? I mean, I think. Figured... Oh, I know. It's his son's friend who's okay. balls. Sorry, sorry. Oh, that's okay. He <laughs> was just fondling a stranger's oh, balls. You see, that's what I figured. You know, I thought that's a classic, isn't it? Cop comes in inappropriately touches an innocent person. It'd be funny if that was the gross out moment that yeah. puts you over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh, the cop found the wrestling magazine and he said that wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not. That's what we're like, us wrestling fans. Yeah. Now, wrestling is not fake, but I feel we can have that discussion without without all being babies now, right? We can be a bit grown up about it. Maybe that's what this movie is going to address. Maybe it's going to be a fair, nuanced, balanced discussion okay. as to. You know, what does fake even mean? What does wrestling as a fake art form, how does that compare to, to fictionalised, written, scripted television or So, like, did this dance? intrigue you then, the fact that not only is it, hey, there are wrestlers playing mm. themselves, there are actors playing wrestlers who mm. don't exist, it is apparently WCW, mm. and also it is fake, it is a show, and mm. these boys just think it's real. Were you, was that what you were expecting? Oh, wait, they think it's real? The boys think it's real, yeah. I thought That's the where they're boys, like, it's not fake! I thought they were responding as in, like, it's not fake, it's predetermined. Like, it's not fake, because, like, wrestling, it's not fake. Yeah, I think... I thought they were saying, like, they were upset with the question, not that they were upset at the oh, accusation. Oh, I see. But that's my own much more modern... Cause... You know what, you probably could... I mean, they do go so hard to make them, because like, they, they cry when they, yeah. they go their way and such, but I think maybe... It, 
the middle ground is maybe they're meant to be in this like heightened sense of work themselves into a shoot like they're right. constantly suspending their disbelief they know it's not real mm. but they don't want to talk about that it's like Mick Foley in Christmas he knows Santa's not real just don't bring <laughs> it up Santa's not fake you sick sons of bitches <laughs> but the thing is in this movie wrestling is real yeah Kind well, kinda. Well, yeah. Real I, stuff happens in wrestling. But like the the matches aren't predetermined. Well, I mean they kind of are. None of the matches we see, other than the first one, are predetermined. Yeah, yeah. And that's done in a sneaky Montreal screwjob way, not in a these. This is what's going to happen, guys. This is the outcome. This is how it's yeah. going to go. Well, we were, gag reflex notwithstanding, we find out that both of our smelly boys are full time poop men. So there'll be lots of brown ooze and bubbles throughout the rest of this movie of varying viscosity. Yay. they got plans to go to WCW Nitro and I can't think of a more guaranteed way to have a confusing Monday evening back in the year 2000 than going to see that. It's going to be Paige versus Jimmy the King. You know, they're all excited. And of course, because they're just guys being bros, being dudes. They're going to play with the poop pipe a little bit. Sucking sucking the poop out of the poop pipe. Yeah, then they play wrestle as well. That's what, that's what boys do, you see, Joey. They play wrestle and they... Use their poop tubes. Yep, they, they sure do. It feels like they are supposed to be stoned. Like, it really feels like mm. they had a cut of this where they had, like, scenes of them, like, rolling up a big joint and being like, hey, yeah, Why? wrestling. And then they had to cut that out to make, like, reach a younger audience. Unfortunately, Chronic weren't in this movie, so I guess <laughs> there was no, they just weren't available. They have girls that they like in the way that they like girls, which means they show up and they're like, show us your fucking tits, you bitch! Ah! They're they're um they're they're interesting sorts. They b- both like Britney. Britney because Britney hates them and she hates wrestling. And she wears sexy clothes. Yeah, and they hate Whitney, who's really charming and beautiful and also likes wrestling. Yeah, but she doesn't wear the sexy clothes. But she's she wears of... like exactly the same clothes. No, no, she's they... kind of like wearing a bit of a jumper. Like she's not like wearing a crop top. Uh, Britney's both, wearing a crop top. They're both wearing kind of bell bell bottomed jeans. I thought they could both be in Bewitched, so I figured that they're both <laughs> of a similar level. No, like. Wendy or whatever her name is, she's she's very covered up and therefore isn't hot. That's the measure of it's how much clothing you're yeah. show, taking off is how hot you are. And that is the main takeaway from this. Is nothing that stereotypical terrible male wrestling fans hate more than a woman who shows a passing interest in knowledge in wrestling like yeah and doesn't take her clothes off absolutely not <laughs> there is one really great line and i think this is the best line in the whole movie there are a few howlers were yeah there? i would argue this is the highlight of the movie oh okay and it's when david arquette says would a loser have tickets to monday nitro and britney goes yes <laughs> And then they go, oh. And at the bottom, there's a little Ticketmaster thing. Tickets available <laughs> this Sunday for WCW you in your loser. area. I would have surprised you to know that WCW are having a poor house, house show attendance at this point in time. Really? Yeah. So, good That's one, why guys. they had uh, all their main talent have so much free time to be in this movie. <laughs> what a fucking jolly that would have been, though. Imagine if you were working WCW in 2000. Do you want to go be ready to rumble for six months? Yes, please. I do want... <laughs> I wonder though how much they'd have actually enjoyed doing it, given that so many of them have to put over so many like minor characters. Uh, that's actually true. Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of like grunts in this movie who are clearly like could have been anyone. Yeah, they obviously wanted DDP, Sting, Goldberg. Yeah, anyone else is completely fucking random. You know, it doesn't actually matter. They didn't even need them to be WCW wrestlers. No, probably. totally unnecessary. They eat their food near a dripping ship pipe. Yeah. At the moment, I realise in the movie I shouldn't stop and pause to remind you of all of these things because uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have ended well. We got inspiration, though, from their guiding light, Jimmy King, about all things that are going wrong in life. The boy has 
a wristband mm. and it says WWKD, mm. which stands for What Would the King Do? What Would the King Do? I don't know, intimidate the witness? Probably, yeah. That's what Jerry Lawler the King did, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't that what he did? <laughs> we get introduced to the standardised Naughty's old lady character, who's a little bit different, i.e. she is just May Young. Yes, she's literally just May Young. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they're at WCW Nitro, but their seats bite! We get to see our first of many uh, people we've done episodes on. It's Unmasked Rey Mysterio. I bet you didn't recognise him unmasked with eyes and not and not naked. Yeah, no, I didn't. You're right. We've seen all sorts of Rey Mysterio recently. <laughs> and there's Booker T. And there's Goldberg. And there's DDP. Yeah, the boys are sitting in the ring. They've got some sexy ladies there dancing. I guess it's the, the Nitro Girls. Do you know much about the Nitro Girls? No. So they danced. You'd have a match. The Nitro Girls would come out and dance. Okay. And then they'd leave, and then they'd have another couple of matches, and then you'd, the, the Nitro Girls would come out again, they'd do a dance. They'd come back from commercials, and they'd be like, Nitro Girls, finishing up there. Do you know what I'd really like? Mm-hmm. If in wrestling, we had, like, in between matches, we did have, like, a little dance, but not, mm-hmm. like, sexy dance. I mean, that, some of it could be sexy, sure, but I mean, like, Cats the Musical. <laughs> like, like, sexy people in spandex coming out, doing doing a bit of, like, sexy wrestling dance I mean I was going to say you could put anything in there like that just is not wrestling like send a random person out to cut a promo or send out someone with a violin to do a cool like you know like when Shinsuke Nakamura had that cool musical interlude with, yeah. with his, his people coming out I, I just want more interludes in wrestling I think yeah no I agree yeah I mean I guess normally we have ad breaks don't we that's, or that's our interlude wrestling matches that are deemed to be somehow less interesting than other near identical wrestling matches yep. stop using wrestling to buffer wrestling <laughs> So the boys are all drooling over the Nitro Girls and... Yeah, it's, it's great to see your dramatic rendition of an adult man getting a boner in a packed arena. Yay. That's, a, that's fun. <laughs> this is okay. Come to our shows and do this. <laughs> so do we have any female characters in this movie or is it just Britney and Whitney or whatever? It's like hot girl and not hot girl. I mean, I, I was like, you're about to find out the main female character, Joe. And then I realised you just see her butt in this bit and it's not for like another hour or so. Is it so. definitely her butt? It is definitely her. How do you know? Because she wears a different wig. Because this is the thing. They're, the rest of them are actual Nitro Girls. Oh my God. But they put a head Nitro Girl, which is a position that didn't exist. Oh my God. And cast God. Rose McGowan. Because obviously we wouldn't want any of the Nitro Girls like, you know, Stacey Keebler or Tigress to get, you know too wow. too too aspirational oh so we brought God. in an outside hire like wow but look if the WCW champion's going to be an outside hire and all over planet yeah, it really yeah. makes sense to the head the head nitro girl is right exactly yeah so we meet Sinclair he's this like sleazy southern Texan kind of guy he wears like a cowboy hat and he's got a ponytail and he it's what Eric Bischoff was probably wearing when he was sent home like you know to go fly fishing he was dressed like this with his like Cherokee jacket and shit like that and it seems like this guy is supposed to be he reminds me of a lot of the wrestling promoters that you see on like the documentaries you watch of like independent wrestlers you oh, go right, around yeah. like, America and you see like the small time guys that are doing quite well <laughs> everyone gets paid when they yeah. work for, for Titus Sinclair <laughs> Everyone <laughs> cut to someone saying Titus Sinclair never paid us. <laughs> Oftentimes, twenty dollars is a privilege with Titus Sinclair. <laughs> so we have uh, we have a couple of spottings in the background of wrestlers. We've got Booker T. Oh, we've got DDP. Oh, and DDP's there standing with Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg. They're going over the finish, brother. Yes, they're going over the finish. 
And the promoter says the match is going to end one way, but then he takes DDP aside and he says, Montreal Screwjob. <laughs> yeah, he's going he's gonna to Montreal Screwjob him. And yeah, he tells him that DDP is actually going to win. He says, I've got your back. And like GDP's not made out to be an explicitly evil guy here. No, but he's he's like kind of neutral evil in that he's like, you know, he, he goes along with it. He doesn't he doesn't argue for Jimmy the King. Well he, they mentioned, right, Sinclair says he found Jimmy the King in this fictional world. Yeah. So he found Jimmy the King in nineteen eighty six, mm. which would have been just before NWA Crockett would have sold to to Turner. So I mean, he obviously was working the territories here. Is what we're saying here now, right? What Jimmy? Uh, J- Jimmy the King would yeah. have been going back fourteen years, and he also has pointed out at the start. They say he's undefeated. He said he's the first undefeated man in wrestling, and he's the WCW champion here. So he's supposed to be like the Undertaker as well, then. Well, Undertaker was only undefeated at WrestleMania, Joe. There's never oh. been other than Goldberg. There's never really been an undefeated man in wrestling for that long. The only instance I can think of is the fabulous Moolah. Please don't invoke her. You can't mention her. You can only invoke her. You've never noticed that. So like DDP is basically like, because he's like, yeah, bro. I mean, I think I should get the title now. Whatever. They're doing business. Whatever, bro. But it's kind of like, DDP's probably been waiting 14 years yeah. with one guy on top. Like, this is like, it's a bit overdue, isn't it? It's a bit overdue. You should. Hogan had the belt for five years in the 80s, and that felt like an eternity. 14 years undefeated? Move along, Jimmy King. I feel there's a very easy little thing they could have done to make this a bit more high drama and, like, give DDP more of a villainous streak. Okay. Which is to say that Jimmy the King was, like, DDP's mentor throughout ah. his career and that he's given DDP so many opportunities and he's taught him everything he knows. And you know what? With the body shape and, I think the tenure and like the time and like where he's come from he's meant to be kind of the common man he probably could have gotten big dusty roads energy yeah. out of it but again it wasn't if WCW were very quick to want to give, give <laughs> dusty roads credit for much of anything so that's alright then the match happens and it's it is if anything quite truthful to WCW because it's meant to be like Jimmy King versus DDP and you were like why are there so many people coming out? I'm like, uh... There's so many... Okay, so we've got Mean Gene. We've got Tony Schiavone. So young. He's a little baby. Yeah! I mean, look, there's a cavalcade of people, many of whom we'll probably never do episodes on. Yeah. We had Perry Saturn. We had Disco Inferno. We had uh, Conan was there. I don't I think know we, these people. Yeah, I mean, we, we had Psycho Sid. We had Bam Bam Bigelow. We had... Oh, we had Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect was in there. Yeah! yeah. Very odd to see someone... Of that natural charisma, literally be on the side of like Prince IAK or some like random jabroni who they just like go out there and be a body. I don't know if it's just because I'm such a Mr. Perfect fan as well, but he really did sort of steal the screen when he was on. Yeah, like he's very, he's very, he's very eye catching and very, very watchable and like. You know, obviously Oliver Platt is a great actor and he's got a lot of presence. And I have to say as well, Oliver Platt did such a good job considering I really thought he would not be able to play a face mm. wrestler in this. He really had the mannerisms down. Yeah, he had the facials, yeah. Yeah, he did the stances, like the physicality, considering he's not like a buff guy. And considering he isn't wrestling 99.9% of the bits where he's wrestling, you just cut to his (laughs) facials, but they were good. They were good, and the way he moves his body was good, and like the way he talked was like a a wrestler. Like even though the stuff backstage where he's not being the character, it sounded like a wrestler on his time off, like kind of, yeah. Yeah. He had the presentation yeah. of a believable wrestler. Like Absolutely. He, from, he, that, from that era. Yeah, he had the catchphrases. He had the crowd that he was chanting along with him. He had sexy babes in his corner. <laughs> I will say, I thought Jimmy King was good. I didn't think as much of his body double, who was, no. I think, a tenth the size. I think it might have even been Chris Canyon who did it, as a oh, matter really? of like, the wrestler. But, 
like was there no one who looked kind of a bit like him it, it was really jarring yeah yeah it was really silly i kind of feel they should have like leaned into it and just like made it obviously someone else like a guy in a wig or something <laughs> there were some bits of it that like, are just really jarring like you could tell the people who've not watched or liked wrestling were making it like the ring is so squeaky yeah like, it's really bad if the yeah. ring was that squeaky i would never go see wrestling no. or watch it again it would it would grate my teeth yeah <laughs> The King character is strangely sexual, I found. Mm. And not just, like, his character, but the way a lot of people seem to interact with him. Okay. It was, like, a common theme throughout this movie that was quite... I don't know, he seemed to me like a bit of a... It was the Attitude Era, though, man. Come on, you know. But seemed to (laughs) me like he was a bit of a gay icon in that, you know, he says he wants to take DADP into his dungeon and make him his bitch. Yeah. I was chatting with Adam the other day when we were doing, like, Smackdown Crawl, and I was, I've been waiting for ages to say, I was like, look, you probably have to cut this out, but, like, is The Rock, like, kind of really gay? Because, like, <laughs> he talks, like, there was one, the thing we did was, like, I'm going to bend you over, I'm going to get a turkey drumstick, and I'm going to put it up your ass. Yeah. And then I'm going to, like, turn it around and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, woo, Rocky! And Rock's like, big smile, like, I'm going to get you. And, like, that... It's, it's is it a two thousands thing? Was it in other yeah. media? I guess no, I definitely. Don't know. Yeah, there was this whole thing in that time of like boys being trying to be like so hyper masculine that they end up being homoerotic. Yeah, Vince McMahon like, did this a few yeah. times by mistake. And I think it's it's it lends hugely into action movies, into wrestling, into a lot of sports media generally. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely, yeah. So I guess it's just one of those things. You get too masculine and things just start <laughs> happening, I guess. And then Jimmy the King does a rap. Yeah. Which, again, I don't. I refuse to believe that there would be a character in wrestling who is a slightly older man who is a king, who is a white man who raps, and he would be considered a good guy and I mean, beloved by everyone. <laughs> and I think this is again why I think it's meant to be like meant to be like an analogy for Ric Flair because right. like the way Sinclair views views Jimmy the King is like how Bischoff viewed Rick. It's like I hate this guy. Like I hate all the stuff that he does. All these people love him, but it's so old and it's so lame, and I hate it. You know, so him doing the rap there is basically the equivalent of Ric Flair being like, fire me, I'm already fired. You know, Sinclair doesn't like it at all, you know. <laughs> That's really unfair. That's such an unfair comparison. Rick doesn't deserve this. No, Rick never deserved this, of course. Neither is Jimmy the King. This Sinclair is a bad piece of business, Joe. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Paige's goons show up and do a big run-in. Mm-hmm. And then the King's men show up and do a big run-in, separate to all the people who are already here in the ring anywhere. And uh, then Sinclair's men and the King's men, they double-team Jimmy the King. Did you find out why? sexy. <laughs> I mean, there was like eight guys <laughs> yeah. beating them off. Oh. Was it what they called it? A four-post massacre? A four-post massacre, oh, Joe. Yeah. And like, they were like, a four-post massacre? And you were like, is that a thing? And I'm like, uh, no, it's not a thing. And then Tony Schiavone's <laughs> like, they're going to do the four-post massacre! Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, lads. The... Pin is done and the promoter comes out and he's like, count him out, count him out. And he sounds exactly like Vince McMahon. God damn it, I said count. (laughs) Oh, there's a great spot where DDP like kind of kicks Jimmy the King out of the ring. Oh, he did a kind of a flip. They do this like three times in the movie. They obviously, the sun coordinator is like, the bit where you do the big pratfall out of the ring through a table. that's cool. Do that. And he says, see ya, 
Ooh. Very cool. And then he yeah, kicks them out of the ring. I think someone should do that in wrestling. With the see you later, bye. Yeah, like. yeah see ya, bye. I love that after the four post massacre and eight people beat the shit out of Jimmy the King and then they cut a promo where he's like, you'll never see Jimmy the King again. And then Mean Gene is like, the winner of the match <laughs> and new WCW champion Diamond Dallas Page. It's the fact that the promoter crawls into the ring just to like laugh at Jimmy the King and be like, ha, Rest in peace, I'm done with you. Like, as if Vince, like, did that after the Montreal Screwjob yeah, and right? he crawls into the ring. And, like, I love, I love this. Whispers I mean, in Brett's ear. In fairness, though, like, I was thinking about this kind of going, like, this is less Eric Bischoff and Vince McMahon and more, like, Jim Hurd about, like, getting rid of someone really popular yeah. and then, like, everyone's going to want him back, obviously. But this is probably more like Vince McMahon because after the Montreal Screwjob, what did Vince do? He did that promo where he's like, Brett made a very selfish decision. Yeah. I bet you can't wait to see him get his hands on me. Don't have to wait. <laughs> for Wrestlemania 26 baby <laughs> so I mean it is a thread the movie like how you're saying wrestling is real mm. but it's not because it's like they're like you'll never see Jimmy the King again baby he's out of here like it would be in wrestling yeah. if it was fake but it's meant to be real but it's not but it's based on a real situation which is the Montreal Screwjob where yeah. a wrestler really was denied the opportunity that he was promised and I think that's a really interesting thing that like a film could explore it's like the idea of how you know wrestling does cross into real life sometimes and you don't quite know where the line ends and I thought that's kind of where they were going with this and then the fans would be like you know David Arquette and Boy would be like oh wow you know maybe wrestling you know it's more complicated than yeah we thought and but nah, no. Nah, it's it's not that at all. Don't worry about that. It's no, okay. So, okay, so just to get this clear then. Yeah. How, how does wrestling work in this universe? Because it seems to me that... <laughs> so the promoter Sinclair, yeah. he decides the outcome of the match yes. with, with DDP and the King. Yeah. Then he sneakily tells DDP, actually, we're going to we're gonna let you win. Double cross. Yeah. yeah. Then in the match, he double crosses him. And I love as well when he's like, now I'm double crossing you. Hip yeah. toss, side head, yeah. like, take, like really <laughs> spots, like, you know, so funny. <laughs> so then, then he wins. And then because he's tricked Jimmy the King into losing, Jimmy the King is now like fired. And it means he can't yeah, I mean, come anymore. on. WCW had guaranteed contracts. You, you think you can get rid of Hogan? Remember what happened to Bash at the Beach when they tried this? Good <laughs> luck. Jimmy the King's going to have you in court for fucking years. <laughs> My God. The guys are driving home, crying. They are fully sobbing. They are fully grown adult men sobbing at a wrestling result. Have you ever, I have a question for you, have you ever cried at a wrestling result that you didn't like? That Not didn't a wrestling like. result you did like, yeah, that you didn't like. One that you were like, meh. There was one time where i was like not not crying but there was one time where i like i like very early into my wrestling watching where i realized like i had gotten upset because of like what was happening on tv yeah and my brother was like don't worry it's all right and i was like oh really thank you for saying that it was <laughs> king of the ring 1999 where steve austin was going to be when after he was ceo of the company oh yeah he was going to put the CEO tile on the line in a ladder match against Vince and Shane. And Vince and Shane wanted it to be no DQ so they could have interference. And Austin's like, no, that's not fair. Uh, it should be, you know, DQs, no interference. And they're like, right, we'll have a match to describe against to decide it. And Austin, you're going to be blah, 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 blindfolded. And you're going to take on someone with 2020 vision, the big boss man. And I was like, <laughs> that's not fair. And I go, what? I was literally fucking wailing. And my brother's like, what's wrong? I was like, it's. 
It's already impossible. It's two on one. It's just so unfair. This is ridiculous. Keep in mind, I've been watching for like one year at this point. So how old are you? Like nine? I was probably ten at that Aww. point. But like a year of like Russo escalation to that point where I'm like, a man is going to be blindfolded to determine the screwy stipulation for the unfair match. Like. And it's like, don't worry, he'll win. And he did. And I was really happy. And after that moment, I like I took wrestling a little bit less seriously. You see me cry over wrestling fucking a million times in the yeah, last two years. Yeah, that's different though. I think, you know, it's very normal to just cry over, you know, emotional moments in wrestling. It happens loads. Yeah. But like, okay, and I don't mean to make fun, you know, if listeners at home, this has happened to, to you, I don't mean to poke fun. But it does seem a bit strange to me to cry over the result of a wrestling match that you don't like. Like cry out of sadness. Yeah, I mean, if... Or anger. You, you need to reassess your relationship with wrestling if the results are bringing out an emotion that level of it like if like i remember being really sad like when daniel bryan got fired and like you yeah. being outraged when things happen but like, to the point of tears yeah it's probably this is when you're like riling up your fans for a bad reason i've always wondered what it would be like to be in an audience where like you know they end like on a raw or a smackdown where they have a big fucking like ah, horrible ending the yeah. baddies win all right, everyone, see ya. We'll, we'll, we'll be back in Wyoming <laughs> next time. You know, I've yeah. always wondered what it's like to go to a show like that. Because I've only ever been to shows where at the end it's like, wow, we've all been sent home thoroughly happy. <laughs> they talk about how they like the smell of raw sewage and how it smells like French toast and it's disgusting and ah, I hate it. There's a big poo bit here, isn't there? There is a big, big poo bit. So they are too busy crying and they they smash the truck and it spills the poo everywhere and then there's another truck that smashes into them and that's full of toilet paper and then that and the the poo combine and they make pooey toilet paper all over the road you know what that means joe we got to find the king yeah road trip why are they going to find the king i like my mom she is the i don't are they so they think wrestling is do they think wrestling's real? Do they think he... They think that wrestling's like... Are they going to train the king? Or are they going to like go no, to find the promoter and tell him to no, change the outcome go, of the match? They're going to go find King and say, King, you got to go kick DDP's ass. Take care of Sinclair. I'll like, go beat him up and prove to the world that you're the king. Right. Which so I... They, I think they're basically like... Like when Matt Hardy would have posted all those MySpace blogs yeah. with the Angelita thing, there would be people saying, you should go to WWE and punch yeah. him in the face. That's what you would do before... Before there was MySpace, you'd have to go on a road trip to do that, yeah. which is what they're doing here. Right. It's an which... old form of trolling this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought maybe that would mean that, you know, that, that wrestling isn't what they expect and that mm. this maybe wouldn't be the outcome that they wanted. They wouldn't get what they wanted. Hey, get this though. There's nuns. What's yeah, there's, that all about? There's nuns, nuns on the road. What is that all about? It's just like in um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back when there were also nuns. Um, that came out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's always nuns in these movies, well. aren't there? Um, we're half an hour in at this point, by the way, and we've still not seen the legendary main female character other we'll, than her bum. We'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. There is a director's cut available out there, you know, with fifteen extra minutes. So maybe there of was her bum? there was more more establishing scenes of her bum, perhaps, oh. and her bum's character. You, perhaps this is the first time I was watching it, probably with media eyes on. Let's just say, you know, <laughs> think about WCW as a corporation because mm. doing the Bishop episode with you through your viewpoint really kind of put a lot of it in new perspective and i'm like you're turner you've got all these different different outlets and all that 
like the first joke I would have had right there is when they cut to them to the they're singing hymns and then mm. you cut to them singing Van Halen. I'm like instead of that, why do you have them sing like a man called Sting? He does a bit of this, he does a bit of that. I, you nah. know, like push some of the property. You know, nah. I feel if WWE were doing a movie like this, they would know to do that. No, I don't think they would. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. Like if they had a thing that they were selling, because like there's a many times in this where it's like there's action figures or there's like a video game or there's like whatever, and they're mm. all made props for the movie yeah. and like, WCW definitely had action figures and video games they were trying to sell at the time yeah why because they're all idiots that's N- why none of them have Jimmy the King I yeah. guess it's like we don't have Jimmy the King should we not cross promote anything then in this movie which is a cross promotion yeah, no nah, nah that would be too hard be too much they have a bunch of really cool stuff though that would be really cool if it did exist yeah. like they find this kid in an arcade playing on a cool arcade machine he's like playing a wrestling game he's a net boy this kid yeah and he's got wrestling figures and they're awesome they're really massive and they're like articulated and there's a really cool DDP figure that I really want yeah I want both of those so we have playthings for a beefy lead yeah we have last same size <laughs> it's great yeah, and that's also the thing, right? If you are showing me something that not A, not only do you have, mm. B, something you don't have and I want, yeah. like, all you have done is create a need for the mm-hmm. consumer that does not exist here. And thus ends how-to marketing for today. But I think genuinely there's always going to be this weird blockage between film and wrestling mm. because you're going to have film executives who want to do film executive-y things and then you're going to have the wrestling execs who want to do wrestling things and I think not they don't necessarily meld where's our room full of hypothetical people going we're so good at wrestling come on (laughs) we need it we find out all the info we need about Jimmy the King because uh, this kid knows uh, the dark web Joe he's an elite hacker did you see the name of the website he went to to get his info (laughs) what's it it's Hacker's Planet wow Hacker's Planet here imagine this though Imagine liking Britney Spears. Ha! 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 That's a big joke in Act 2 there. He's uh, he's he's hot and dumb and likes Britney because he's a himbo. If anything, that made him more endearing. Oh, definitely. Your move, movie. <laughs> They've decided they're going to go find the king's wife. And Zelda from Sabrina, right? Is it Zelda? I'm pretty sure. I thought Zelda was the other one. Hilda is Ilda. One I of think the it's Hilda. Really? <laughs> Somebody needs to use that as wrestling entrance music, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, that'd you know, be a banger, yeah. Money on the table. But the king's wife, she hates him. and He's... She also has crabs as well. Yeah. Which uh, they're like, she's like, I've got crabs. And they're, uh-huh. they're very itchy. Oh, you want to see? And it's like, they have her scratching and all that. Yeah, like. and David Arquette's like, yeah, it looks really keen. I love that, like the real hand-holding gross-out stuff yeah. where it's like, they can't just kind of go... I've got crabs, scratch, scratch. So it's like, oh, I bet they're itchy. It's like, I've got crabs, scratch, scratch. They're itchy, scratch, scratch. Want to see? Scratch, scratch. My crabs, scratch, scratch. They're itchy. In case yeah. you're like laughing and you're like, where's the letter to make You know? You're wiping the milk coming out your nose or whatever the fuck it is you're doing. Like, Jesus Christ. So the king's wife hates him and he's a bad dad and a bad husband. And piece of shit, yeah. Yeah, he's a piece of shit and he doesn't give her any money and his child is rubbish and he has braces on (laughs) let's go with a positive and a negative here okay Okay. positive i think we we can both say is the movie's penchant for calling willies diddlies yeah diddlies is good i like that yeah i like that hope your diddly falls off that's very very funny she hit me right in the diddly it's very good it's like ned flanders being kicked in the balls fantastic like that the real negative thing and i'm sorry it's more of an existential dread thing that might counteract the i like the word diddly Mm. is that the lone times the movie really is like 
Here's one of those little things about wrestling that I would only know if I truly like and understand wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. there's little moments where it's like, oh, the makers of this really understand this world. Mm-hmm. There's a few of these moments, but every single one of them are always like, all wrestlers are deadbeats or all wrestlers are fucking hicks yeah. or all wrestlers are bankrupt and invest their money poorly. All wrestlers abandon their families. It's yeah. like, oh, fucking, it's like, Ah, all wrestlers are charlatans. All wrestlers are serial liars and manipulators. It's like, yeah, all right. I'm not fucking going to debate you against that, but it's like, it's not filling me full of love for wrestling this, is it? Like, I mean, is it supposed to? This is basically them saying like, you don't want to watch WCW anymore. You want to get some of these other quality Turner AOL Time Warner products once we run this shit into the ground, right? Or it's the idea that like, you know, wrestlers are flawed individuals and that's why we love them so much because, you know, they are, they live a life which means that they can put their bodies on the line in, and it doesn't destroy Physical them. toll never comes up in this. No, or mental toll. <laughs> like physical toll is brought up for like a joke. You know, we find this like he, he talks with the family, he talks with his parents, his parents are like, yeah, he's a big fucking piece of shit. They track him down to a motorhome mm-hmm. and he's dressed up in drag because he's run away from all of his debts. Yeah. Yeah, and we get him being a liar and a manipulator and the fans are like, can we please see you? And like, $30 personal appearance fee. That's something that you would only... Like, who gave notes on this? A bitter wrestler? Like, yeah. come on. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Eric Bischoff on the lake. Like, I'm yeah. going to really fucking get him here. <laughs> like, you know, Brett's sitting at home in Montreal. Brett's sitting at home in Calgary. I'm going to fucking show him some notes. <laughs> All of Brett's notes just have like you know, a big bit highlighted with him right? no. <laughs> Some act three climax that is. You have a really good, I think, scary horror film with like this same plot, but instead of you having like Jimmy the King, you have Sasha Banks. <laughs> and you've got these two adult men. <laughs> Listen, it's her, it's her! I tweeted you, why didn't you reply? <laughs> Oh my god. I use the hashtag give divas a chance and everything. Why can't we talk? <laughs> oh, more homoeroticism. They yeah. beg the king to tell them how he will rule them. Come on now, guys. Take him to the dungeon, am I right? Sends him out in a beer run, and apparently that's enough to get you broken into the wrestling business. Yeah. And instead of like getting the proper, like, you know, what we do is you are telling a story with your body, you're using your physicality and your trust in your opponent. To actually tell the struggle of the story you want to tell. There's different forms this can take. In our case, it is the form of... It's a soap opera with a bunch of fucking clowns running around. And I'm a fucking clown and everyone who wrestles is a big idiot. You dumbass. Don't like wrestling. Yeah. And then... but We need you, King. <laughs> and the, the King mentions... There's so many moments in this where I'm like, Oh, maybe they'll... No. No. The king mentions <laughs> that Sinclair, the evil promoter, owns the character of the king. Not to be confused with Sinclair, the evil broadcaster. That's yeah. different. <laughs> so because Sinclair owns the character of the king, it means that he can't just come back as the king at another wrestling promotional right. company. Which again, I th- I thought this was going to be like an interesting look at how, you know, in wrestling, you don't necessarily own the rights to your own character that you've created over decades of, you know, obviously the, the Jimmy the King is supposed to be this like established veteran yeah. of the industry. But yeah. Story he, of like, you know, him having to, to rebrand, yeah. you know, what's it like to go from being the king to the mighty monarch or something <laughs> like, you know, he could, could have done that, you know. But that never comes up again. No. All that happens is they have some kind of homoerotic drunk chat and then they wrestle him and now he's motivated. 
We're going to go get Sinclair. You've missed a very important bit. Sorry. They casually just mention that Sting broke Jimmy the King's neck. Oh, yeah. I think Sting is some kind of like liability in this alternate wrestling universe. It's the one time they bring up injuries in the physical toll. It's actually when they're like, you broke your neck one time. You came back the following week. Like they say in a way that all injuries in wrestling are just... Bogus and phony because it's just play fighting, like you know. Except for the time Sting broke his neck because that was for real. I mean, I, I I think in what they were trying to get across there, the fact was that like that injuries in wrestling are just gimmicks. That's right. all it was. Okay. Because he was like, you came back a week later, brother, after he broke your neck in six places. So I think yeah, it's like you're an idiot wrestling fan. Of course, you think that he was injured. Wrestlers don't get actually injured. So presumably. No wrestlers will get hurt or injured in this movie. Right? Because, as we've established, wrestling is fake. Fake and safe. Bunch and of, safe. Bunch of clowns rolling around acting so, ninja, as all it so is. No wrestling, no wrestlers getting injured. Yeah. yeah. You, got, you know that now? Yeah. Okay. God, yeah, there's a really weird end to this scene where they like get on their knees and they like, beg Jimmy the King to like crown them. And they're like, crown us, please crown us. Hit us. Please. Seems like a real sex thing. Again, very, very much yeah. so. Yeah, and then they fall asleep. So I'm pretty sure this is definitely a sex thing. Let's go get Sinclair. Hang on. Oh. Hang on. What are we doing with Sinclair? Gonna get him. Gonna. But they're gonna. Okay, so they're gonna let him what? Punch him one last time. Yeah, he's gonna time. get, get Sinclair. But. Well, he's gonna have a match with him. No, he's just gonna get him. Like jump the barricade, boom, ice him out. Like okay, you know, that, like Matt Hardy it. should have done to Edge back right. in two thousand five. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we arrive at Nitro where they're using their poop connections to sneak Jimmy the King in. I think is the big plan. <laughs> yeah, he's um he's been hidden in a toilet. <laughs> mean jeans looking well. Yeah, I'm still waiting on this lead female character. You've promised me. We are nearly an hour in. Yeah, but still no no named lead fem- female character. This is promising though. We get a look in the girls' locker room, oh, folks. Oh, we see lots of more hubba, sexy hubba. ladies. Am I right? Do you know what I love about women's changing rooms? Yeah. It's that whenever women go to a women's changing rooms, they, they make sure they take off all their layers except for their sexiest lingerie. And make sure they're nice and clean and everything Oh, yeah, well. shaved. Pristine, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, they're sucking in their stomachs. They're sticking out their bum. You know, they're arching their back. You have to come to the locker room an hour earlier so you have an hour for light play before yeah. you can actually go out and get take care of things. Exactly, yeah. And you're not allowed to wear a dressing gown to cover yourself up. And you have to wear your most fancy lingerie. And like a lot of women are intimidated when they come into that locker room in the first case because you're like how hard do I hit them with the pillow when I come mm. in there like do I hit them so hard feathers come out or just yeah. a like chuckle mm. you want to pop them with your pillow hard enough that you know that you're a serious competitor yeah. but not so hard that they think that you're a mark for yourself you're going to no. go into your business to yourself in the lingerie pillow fight no the know? last thing you want to do is piss off like the lead pillow fighter no and, oh, absolutely God, can not imagine you know? look it's about fun that's all it's about here guys kind of oddly hyping up that Jimmy the King DDP feud even though he's not with the company they're like Dude, Jimmy the King's never going to get another shot of this belt, brother. He's like, I want you to open up with me talking about Jimmy the King, pointing at the belts and all that. I'm like, you're... Alright. <laughs> Maybe this is like some sort of like a... like he's, he's actually the ultimate mastermind here. He's gone all fucking like crazy deep end... Who? Uh, uh, Sinclair. Oh. I think Sinclair is working Jimmy the King. I think he's saying, yeah, you're fired. He's under contract. He's like, and then he'll show up here because he's all fucked up in the head. Like, I think he's manipulating him. Like, to, oh, like, like Vince. Like Vince Woods. There's a scene they cut probably where he's like, you're like a dad to me, Sinclair. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I'm your father. 
Now go home. <laughs> go home for six months because you're no good to me anymore. <laughs> Did you recognise the guy who played Sinclair? Joe Pantoliano. Yeah, from, uh, what do you know him from? I don't know, like fucking everything. He's in everything. Sopranos, he's wrapped yeah. Soprano in the Sopranos with a certain yeah. upsetting one. Yeah. He's in uh, Matrix as well. He often, he often plays a baddie. He, yeah, he's, he's normally the baddie, yeah. He's great though, I really like him in everything. Yeah, with regards to that, along like Oliver Plast, the, the, the non-wrestler actors do a lot better than the wrestler non-actors for oh, the most part. Oh, yeah, for sure. It just makes me wish though that they'd like gone 100 percent one way or the other because yeah. i really like ddp in this movie he needs a better he's, director he's very good days. yeah but he needed like they need someone who knows how to work with a wrestler yeah someone who's able to ask a wrestler for like a yeah. second or third take it's because like, you can't just a bit more or yeah. you, you don't have to sound so angry you have or... brian robbins with the paul Heyman like come down to the, you know, <laughs> squat down to their level come in the eyes it's the third take <laughs> and you know what they say about the third take it is hereby known as the dance. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we get some kind of hokey reads from from DDP. I I, I guess. But he's, he's fine. He's I fine. Just, for I what just it is, wish yeah. it was either all wrestlers in this movie. Yeah. Or all actors playing wrestlers. And the mix of the two is strange. Yeah, they're they're outshining them a little bit. And it feels like the actors don't. They're not really confident enough to do the wrestling stuff properly, and the wrestlers aren't confident enough to do the acting stuff properly. Yeah. And I think that both of them being there makes each of them uncomfortable. Yeah, they're at cross purposes. Because they're both intimidated by the other, and yeah. like, oh, I can't do what they can do, which is true. <laughs> So if you want to get yourself a contract in WCW, you just show up and beat up the owner on TV because the two boys just interject themselves in this wild shoot. So what happens? So the Sinclair is there and then... Jimmy the King jumps out and he like beats up. He beats him beats up. Beats up DDP, then... embarrasses him. He pins him so he's the 24-7 champion. And right. then afterwards they're like, no, wrestling has to happen in wrestling matches. Which is like, the fact that you having to say that shows very much about your understanding of the wrestling business here now. But the boys just attack Sinclair and they're like, the three of you better better not come to the match we're challenging you to because you're going to be at the... It's such a work. This guy's working him. So... Is DDP being worked? Well, DDP's been booked into a, a, a dangerous match. Yeah. So like, what has happened is he's been DDP's been jumped by this guy. He's been embarrassed and he's been beaten. They're like, right, if you want to get me so bad, we're going to beat you and end your career. They keep saying like career suicide, like you're going to die. It's going to be the end of you. Like they're saying that Jimmy the King will die in this match that he challenges him to. And it's one match and he gets the WCW championship mm-hmm. and something else as well he gets if he wins, Joe. He gets a million dollars. Now, just like in real wrestling. We had a bit of a chat about this, like getting a million dollars for winning the main event. What's that all about? Like This is what I thought happened when before I started this podcast. I thought when you won the wrestling belt, you won lots of money. Right. I mean that's like what AEW and like more realistic companies want you to do to be like you win more you win more, you get paid more. Yeah. But I did she saying you will get a check yeah, for a million dollars. Even though he'd just apparently been fired. Is Sinclair working the two boys? I think he is. Like so, Brett and Sean all over again, Joe. So, <laughs> but hang on, so so what is Jimmy in on this? No, Jimmy's I mean, being no, worked. Jimmy's been worked. DDP thinks he's in on it, but he's been worked. This is very much like a Russo, Jeff Jarrett, Bischoff. People think they're working people and people are actually being worked themselves without realising it. I just don't see how the two boys are being worked given that they only 
communicate with Jimmy and Jimmy's also being worked. Yeah, it's interesting that the boys are kind of getting in on this and getting fat contracts. But it was WCW in the late 2000s. Right. Show. They were giving contracts out to anyone. Just by attacking them there, they got creative control and uh, <laughs> a, a, an AOL Time Warner deal means which even after Vince bought them out, David Arquette kept getting checks for six years afterwards. You know, they couldn't pay the buyout, the premium, you know. And also again, with regards to the million dollars, I mean, that for me ultimately just stinks of, they got the note back from the guy who was, you know, going over the writing or whatever and said, stakes not high enough at the yeah. end of this act add a million dollars we've got user feedback we've yeah. got testing groups they said they don't understand the title the, how the does title that work the title means nothing like, <laughs> like and not even WCW with a movie to set up can make their title mean anything in 2000 here so we get lead female David Arquette briefly meet the locker room changing room things where all the women are being sexy he's very charming Joe isn't he he's very charming when he's leching all over the women and she's like ha, 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 that's so funny and then she sees him again at this party and she's like wow your wrestling is so cool and she thinks that even though he is like not a wrestler and he just got involved in a wrestling match that and and she works at wcw nitro so she's surrounded by wrestlers all the time yeah she's probably got family members who are wrestlers you know she she probably herself is a wrestler i mean most of the nitro girls got some level of training at the power plant to take some bumps yeah and you know she works with goldberg and ddp and sting and everything so she you know she's around some real talent but no she sees david arquette and she goes, him, I want that guy. who The guy who was perving on all my friends. Well, some women find creepiness endearing, Joe. Just because okay. you didn't happen to find David Arquette a sexual being in this respect. Just don't deny Rose McGowan's ability to view him as, as that. Rose McGowan, who... I had to like triple and quadruple check. Like, yeah, no, she definitely is in this movie. It's so random and weird to see her in it. It feels like so out of place. Like, very much like... It feels like a grand aberration, even though I knew she was in a lot of kind of like stuff like this Mm. during the time. But I don't know what sounds like more like it was done on Fiverr, like her delivery or like the fucking lines they have her read, because it's just like, oh, it's like reading out the back of a fucking cereal packet. And like the the words are as engaging as the back of a fucking cereal packet for her. The lighting is weird as well. And I don't know if it's like the makeup or just the lighting, but like they've made her look really pale. And she's kind of... Yeah, she's got no eyebrows and on? it just looks like she's in some kind of like music video from the late 90s she looks startled as well yeah there's no chemistry whatsoever no. I, I don't really see what what she sees in him to be honest like i don't know like we got to give the, the we got to give the people watching this movie a, a path of logic right because they're feeling that they're being betrayed maybe by the betrayal of the rest yeah. of the past. They're like, but you'll get all the hot chicks, bro, you big fucking idiot. I think it would make more sense if she ended up with himbo guy because mm. he's at least kind of like, he's hotter and also more likable. Whereas David Arquette is like a lot less likable. Well, so... see, the thing is, Joe, Rose McGowan, you're, you're right to be suspicious about something being off here because, you know, as you find out later on, she's evil. So this is all just a, a long con here. Spoilers, she, God. So, you know, that maybe that's what's happening here. You know, she's maybe. Just, she's just being pure evil is what's going on. The Nitro girls at the party enjoy unwinding by doing complex choreographed dancing in mm-hmm. matching outfits. Much like at the end of a hard day work here at Podcrabs HQ, we like to sit down and watch lots of things, take notes, and then do high-end podcasts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, accurate. Just around the house. <laughs> There's nothing more fun than doing more of what you do. <laughs> Crisis of confidence time, though, because Jimmy the King's not having a good time at the party, Joe. No, he's pissed, and then he decides to run somewhere. I'm not sure what he's supposed to be doing here, but he falls in a hole, and he ends up in the sewers, and he's all pooey. I like that Mean Gene had a line where he was like, Do you think I'm sexy? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean that that was that made me genuinely laugh. It's it's one of the golden moments. Like, and I feel like that was like you know the favorite. Like someone whispered in the director's ear, like give me Gina line. Go on, go on, give him. It'll be funny. Make him say that. All those types of cameos were my favorites. Like seeing yeah. Tony Schiavone, seeing Mean Gene. Like all those little ones that kind of like weren't wrestlers were the ones that I kind of went ah about most. I mean, that was really that was perfect that bit because like if you didn't watch wrestling. And you just saw this guy was the announcer and he did that. It's like, oh, that's funny. Like, it's yeah. kind of, you see this character do something out of character. But if you see Mean Gene do it, you know that Mean Gene's yeah. like, actually, Mean Gene's subtly the fucking, the sly dog, like, <laughs> as if Mean Gene be going around asking anyone if he's sexy. You know you're fucking sexy. You <laughs> mean by God, Gene, what's going on tonight? Asking people if you're sexy again. Is that it? Aww. Come on, we're in the Hoosier country. We're looking good, baby. Woo! <laughs> so... Jimmy is legitimately scared that he might lose the fight. Oh, sorry, I've missed out a bit. So first of all, the two boys use their sewerage knowledge to go and find Jimmy the King, who yeah. has ended up in one of the, the, the poo tunnels. They go to the right shit house to get him back yeah. from. And he, Jimmy, is legitimately scared that he might lose the match. So as far as he's concerned, this wrestling match is, is real. I think he, he thinks it'll be a shoot because the last time him and DDP wrestled... DDP, you know, stiffed him. You know, right. it worked worked for real, even though it looked like a wrestling match. So he's worried that he's okay to do a wrestling match, but he's not ready for a fight, I think is what's happening here. Okay. Which is why they take him to not stew heart to get stretched real good, baby. Yeah, they meet this old man who's going to train Jimmy the King to be a better wrestler. And immediately I thought it was Stu Hart. I like that you found out it was Stu Hart un- yeah. unhindered. Like, what, what was it that gave it away about the Stu Hart? Was it the big open hands going, hello? <laughs> Him being really nice, was that <laughs> Yeah, likeable. Yeah. No, it was the uh, the bunch of broken children in his living room. I was like, ah, there we go, Stu Hart. Yeah, that was so funny. We were like, you were like, going, hmm. And then he opens up the door and there's all these broken kids like from school. And you're like, ah, <laughs> Stu Hart, of course. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They've got this guy playing like some version of Stu Hart and he is so likable and like charming and funny and like he's almost too much he seems like yeah. a Tim and Eric character like someone they'd found off like I don't know Gumtree or something he would have been in, he would have been in this movie regardless of whether or not it was a wrestling plot yeah you know this is a this is a character this guy had probably signed to do this role <laughs> he had the tracksuit it was already you know it was either going to be that or he was going to be doing like Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker in the same fucking setup about something else you know and he gives Jimmy the King a lesson which involves putting the king in a submission hold, and then when the king like yells in pain, he says, "Never reveal your weaknesses." Yeah, I mean that's a bit better than Stu because Stu would never teach you life lessons. He just turn you and then be like, "And then your lips are gonna turn blue." I mean, that's not really the same as like you must attack life head on and you know grab life by them. You have to go straight through the middle. You have to attack their strengths. He, he's got wisdom. Stu's just like, "And now I'm gonna hurt even." <laughs> That seems like it would be more useful for this situation, though. Yeah, probably. Instead, he's just telling him not to sell, and he's a wrestler, so what, like, isn't that kind of important? Aren't you excited, Joe? Steel cage match. One guy who's over the hill, a guy who's also like kind of a bit older in DDP, stiffing each other. Like, of all the people With in the no world... no selling. Yeah, like, we're, we're going to put fucking Eddie Kingston here. You're putting in fucking DDP to work a shoot-style match with fucking Oliver Platt. Main event of the pay-per-view. Very WCW 2000. Good job, guys. It's a hot date now with uh, Sasha, which is Rose McGowan's character. Buenos nachos, senorita. <laughs> he brings her bananas. Brings her bananas. It's funny. They look like, uh, they look like diddlies, don't they, huh? He is so 
cringy and awkward and not oh, in like a charming way because i so, oh my god i know i've dated a lot of dorky people who are charming in their own way oh thanks you're welcome my own way your own way wow thank you for the qualifying statement <laughs> but he is literally fucking awful he's so awful and unlikable and i guess but yeah as you say she's evil she, that's why she's here so yeah see i mean he he's eating like an asshole yeah and i mean they, they really, really have to do some heavy lifting. Because you were like, later on, you're like, wait, what, what does she actually even, how does she betray him? And it's like, she gets intel. You're like, intel? I'm like, yeah. Because in the scene, he's like, oh, yeah, we're training with Sal. Yeah. That's that's the betrayal that's right the there. Betrayal. She leaks that to Sinclair. And then after their date. Oh, you're not going to talk about after their yeah, date. You're not going to skip the sex about... scene, are you? No, I'm not going to skip the okay, sex scene. Okay, that's all right. Because, you know, some you know sometimes it happens, folks. You're having a nice, sexy, romantic date with, you know, your your better half, a loved one, whoever it may be. We say dinner, though, because it'd be like, you know, let's have dinner, inverted commas. Let's watch Cowboy Bebop, inverted mm. commas. Yeah. Let's watch Twilight Baking Dawn, part one. Yeah, we're doing a lot of watching and eating tonight, am I yeah. right? Has that kind of a vibe here, right? This, this meal that's going on? I mean, I... I mean, other than the fact that there's no chemistry. There's, there's literally no chemistry. <laughs> And if if we are supposed to believe then, now in hindsight we know she's evil and mm. she's just trying to date him for intel. She's gotten the intel from him at this point, right? Because yeah. they, they got that at dinner. But she needs the trust now as well, Joe. But why? For further intel. What further intel? You, she would have been able to tell them about asking Goldberg and Stinger no. for help. But... No, because she already tries to leave before then, doesn't she? This yeah. is the thing. She goes home now and has sex with David Arquette. Now, I don't understand why she's gotten the intel she needs, get the fuck out of there, she doesn't need to have sex with him, and then, the way they have sex. I mean, do they don't have sex, I mean, like, I thought we'd accidentally put on an episode of Big Little Lies or something like that. <laughs> this was fucking sick. It's so fucking it's weird. absolutely, like, to see something where it's just like, she's like, wrestle me, and then he like, fucking punches her, and yeah. gives her a snapmare, and she's like, I broke my fucking neck, and then, they just beat each other up after that. And like, there's a she part... She doesn't seem to hit him, though. It's just him hitting her. She shows him her boobs, and then he goes, and just punches no, her. No, no, no. What happens is, she takes off her top and says, let me show you my secret weapons, meaning her boobs. And then he says, for an object, and punches her in the face, and then Yikes. beats her up. And then they seem to have sex, I guess. Wow! But yeah, there's no... It's not like... I, I wouldn't even mind that much. But it zooms out much. to like, literally take a fist fight. It zooms out to like... Doof, doof. But no, it's not. It seems to be him just hitting her. I didn't see any of her hitting him back. It is even... Like, this aged badly by the time the scene had finished being shown. That's yeah. how badly it aged. Like, it just made out as though... 20 years later, this was fucking harrowing. Yeah, it just made out as though he was beating her up and she loved it. Yeah. And that's... That's it. Again, you don't want to be setting too many precedents here with your wrestling fans and the depictions of what people are into and whatnot. Wrestling fans were maybe didn't need to hear on mass go beat up that hot girl you think you're entitled yeah, to. Yeah, all those hot nitro girls, they just want you to take them home and beat them up. Yeah. That was um Yeah, that was that. That was that scene there. Moving moving on. Fucking hell. They're in the gym now. They're in the gym now. And here's Goldberg, who everyone is too scared to ask politely to act in the movie. Slight random tangent, but I was just watching Goldberg and I was like, imagine a biopic of Goldberg's life 
and career. Yeah. Played by uh-huh. mega buff Seth Rogen. He's been mega buff Seth Rogen before. I mean, he's done the buffness. He could do it. Who's he been buff with? He did buff for uh, Green Hornets. Oh, did he? He did, yeah. Did he look like Goldberg? No, but he was he was wearing green and top and all that. Like, you know, let Goldberg, you know, Rogan, maybe if you pop that top off, shave that head. Maybe, yeah. Maybe punch a few lockers, headbutt a few windshields. I you know? just think in the eyes. Yeah. They've got a really similar, like, twinkle in their eyes. Interesting. That just kind of like, when I was watching Goldberg in this, I was kind of like, God, he really reminds me of Seth Rogen. It's no less objectionable <laughs> than Chris Hemsworth playing. Hulk Hogan I guess I mean like it's nice to see a Jewish actor play a Jew one of the most famous Jewish wrestlers of yeah. all time just you know with Hemsworth I mean I would have been like if you could have gotten an actual racist to play mm. Hogan though couldn't you like just you could, how hard is it to do that <laughs> all this fucking woke washing I hate it like <laughs> come on guys where are the opportunities for the racist actors oh wait Hollywood sorry <laughs> so yeah, two. Okay, so we're. Goldberg, can you act in our movie for a second, please? Yeah, I got one minute. Go on, do your lines. This bit is really boring. Yeah, Goldberg chews. He reveals at one point that Jimmy the King, they've got beef because he puked on him. This is meant to be Goldberg's bit to do comedy chops, and he mm. fucked it up. No, he's not very good. Like, he was meant to be a thing like, you know, you puked on me in the match. He's like, it was an accident, baby. And then he was meant to be, you're meant to be my partner. But instead he goes, you're my partner. Oh, okay. You snapped the fun out of that one then, Bill. You managed to find a way. Good on you. Jesus Christ. Like, it feels like he's he feels being in the movie is going to like hurt his character or something. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it did, yeah. It did. <laughs> Especially like what happens with his character. Like, it's very difficult not to just jump ahead and yeah. be like, and this happens, which makes no sense for his character. Anyway. Anyway. We get an unrelated short now. This is like, you know, when Pixar show you a little short at the start of the movie. I felt they could have put this on its own with like Psycho Sid and Perry Saturn sneaking into yeah. a, a different household. And they're like, they're, I love that they were being like, quiet and mouthing things but then very obviously Sid went that's him get him <laughs> like he tried to mouth it and he just said it loudly by mistake I love this how do you think they got on Sid and Saturn I mean you're not familiar with the wrestlers I don't think are you no I'm not at all what, no. do, you, what do you think the look of Sid is a matter of interest he's big isn't he he's a big he's a big disgusting kind of like evil looking DDP wow interesting I mean how do you think they did in terms of like the, the physical comedy that's what they were doing here okay but I think I could have I could have picked better wrestlers. Yeah, I feel like a yeah. lot of wrestlers could do that really mm, well. I think so. It's it's a real it's a real skill to be able to do comedy timing, and just being athletic isn't enough. You also have to be funny. Look at that era compared to now. Everyone's so much more multifaceted. Pick pick a wrestler in the WWE mm. ro- or AEW roster who's not got some sort of side hustle where they can do something like really well, whether it's like podcasting or doing doing you know some sort of influencing activity. Like, everyone would be able to do a little bit of this. Like, everyone's able, yeah. ready to pop on suits at a moment's notice, right? <laughs> so, yes. What's his name? Perry Saturn? Perry Saturn and, and Psycho the other Sid. One, yeah, they they break into Stu Hart's house and they're going to go beat him up. And then, obviously, Stu Hart, he tricks them and then he beats them up. But then they beat him up again and because beat him up as, yeah, we need well, some more yeah. stakes for reasons. Yeah, so then, then he ends up in the hospital and then the lead female is there because <gasps> she is a friend of no she's not she doesn't know him but she's friends with David Arquette's character she, they're going out now because they're like schmoopy and whatnot yeah now. so they're their boyfriend and girlfriend they're right. married okay for life and so even though she's involved with Sinclair being beaten up mm. and she's at the hospital where he's in hospital it's double agent Joe she could go in and kill him she could suffocate him she could unplug yeah. his I don't know machines 
But she doesn't. In fairness, though, this is the issue with when you're going to have your double agent be a nitro girl. There's very, <laughs> there's very, it's a glass ceiling that it's in place there, isn't it? Because you can't be like, the WCW Women's Championship would be yours because that didn't no, exist at that point exist. in time. So you hear him go, head nitro girl, how does that sound? I'm like, come here now a minute. Over at Nitro a couple of days ago, she had her own special hair-coloured wig, her own special boots. She was front and centre of the V formation. She is nothing if not the head Nitro girl dancer already, right? I've got no idea. Come no on. idea. So, yeah, so she's she makes a phone call to Sinclair and she's like, can you get me out of here? These guys are disgusting and boring and I hate them. And Ew. then, then he, he's like, yeah, I'll make you into a head Nitro girl. And... She's like, yeah, and then it T- turns tell out. Tell you what, Joe, you betray me. You get to be on the big show, show, show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but it turns out that David Arquette is literally right next to her, mm. and he hears her say this and works out what she's doing, even though he's supposed to be a big dumbass. And I couldn't even work out what was going on here at this point in the movie. <sighs> you need to treat him like a kid, though. You know, and, and treat him like, yeah, he's dumb, but you don't got to treat him like he's dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah. Heartbroken. <laughs> Very sad. Oh, also, isn't it implied that she's in a relationship with Sinclair? Oh, yeah, because she's like, oh, wolf you, wow, wolf wolf you, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, also, is she not only are like female wrestling fans all just sexy dancers who love any male wrestling fans and any attention, they're also evil and also sleep their way to the top. Yeah. I mean... Just want to get that clear. I, the, the only way you could have made, definitely made that this was a Bischoff thing, and mm. it was a Bischoff would be like, the wife and I can't wait to see you this weekend. If you said that, <laughs> you would have known they were definitely being Bischoff. But it was a bit more Vince with that, like, how, that, how they were going about it there. They are about to go onto the motor home now. Yeah, they, they decided to go back to Formula. New York City's no place for wrestling. That was a so, funny little line, actually, where they're like, this yeah. is no place for wrestling because it's like, it's fucking where WWE is yeah. based and has always been based. That was a good line. I don't know if it was on purpose. Yeah, but the, the guy, I forget his name, Stu Hart, whatever his name is, he's still in the hospital. Yeah, Sal's still banged up. But they all are like, no, we'll leave him now and go away. Yeah, because they, they learn from Sal. Sal says, look, you got to go back to basics. Like, this is no place to learn to wrestle. You need to go back to your home. And that's where they're like, we're going to go back to fucking wild. Wyoming. Wyoming. I love the Midwest. It is the best. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. What made me pop? A couple of people said their favorite bar was a Butterfinger, and I would agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That is the best bar, yeah. Very great bar indeed. So they're going to go in the motorhome. They're going to find their heart, go back to basics, whatever. He's like, we're going back to basics to find our heart. Back to formula. She's like, I'll come too. And he's like, no, because you don't have one. Oh. There you go. Fucking righteous fury. For Mm. her to betray the trust like that, I think was quite despicable. It's worked out so badly for them as well, because if she hadn't gone and told Sinclair that they were being trained by Stu Hart, Stu Hart would never have given them the advice of the fact that they should go back to basics, which means that they went, no, hang on a second, no, she actually helped them, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah, none of this movie makes any sense. It didn't really, no. So we have kind of the little subplot here, which is like the theme of having to grow up. This is a, at but this it point, doesn't I really, really yeah. no. The movie is supposed to end now. Like this is the final. We're entering into the climax of the this movie. This is where you got salty. This, yeah, I get. I'm really pissed now. I'm like, I, I saw we had like half an hour left, and I was like, no, this is too much. No, no, no. Because then we find out that they're not even going. I thought they'd go back home, but they're not. They're going no. to 
Jimmy the King's wife. Yeah. So we have a whole scene there with her and and King's there and he's apologizing to his wife and then he's about to apologize to his son but instead he's like, "Ooh, you're ugly, you bad teeth." But he does this like half it's it's weird cuz it's like he's a character who's kind of like he's meant to be a bit of a caricature so they feel kind of half arsed about giving him a redemption arc. Yeah. So he's just like kind of like Hey, I'm gonna go win. I'm gonna go, you know, I don't know, clear off my debts, and I'm I'm sorry for being a piece of shit. And it's like yeah. it's kind of like, all right, you gotta grow up, King, and all that jazz. But like, it's not really much considering his son then betrays him later in the movie. Like, yeah, it, Jimmy the King. Other than the fact that he's gonna get on well in wrestling again, it means nothing. Like, no. And to me, this redemption arc is wasted on Jimmy the King. Yeah. Who I think this would be a much more interesting movie if you kind of established that some people especially some wrestlers are beyond redemption yes they are they're just too far it's gone it's true whereas I think David Arquette's character this now would make a lot of sense for him to go through a learning process you know he's just been he's just jump dumped his girlfriend who like used him and like was evil and stuff. I love that you're and... finding this deep wrestling movie hidden in the charred bones of this and ass fest. Himbo, later on in the movie, he doesn't like Britney anymore and he likes yeah. the wrestling girls. He Some, matures. Something happens with those two boys that means that they mature, but we don't know what. Jimmy the King is given opportunity to redeem himself, but they aren't. Because like David Arquette is just basically told by his dad he's not allowed to touch other men, so he's like, you're barred from doing wrestling. So it's like, okay... Somehow not barred. Somehow not barred from being a cop, though. Even though he specifically says you're not allowed to wear a uniform or touch other men. Yeah, I, I like that because all you do if you're a cop is touch other men. Yeah. For fuck's sake, come on. We get a sequence which I believe is longer in the director's cut, but it's basically just like the tough enough auditions from season one. A bunch of random people show up in silly costumes and like you're not a wrestler and like yeah I am. You, they pick out like you're like why are they doing? I'm like you're picking out a posse, Joe. I'm like why are they picking out a posse? And I'm like because it's WCW and you gotta have the New World Order watching your back, baby. You know, right. <laughs> you don't see these characters pretty much other than the background. You don't see them again for the rest of the movie, so no. it is very much a waste of ten minutes to, to stretch us out a little bit before the main event. And it's a wasted opportunity as well because like this is a really fun little opportunity, I think, to sample some of the types of people who end up in wrestling especially like indie wrestling why are people drawn into wrestling yeah like you get some of the interesting weird no, characters idiots the yeah, only people well. more stupid than people who watch wrestling are the idiots who want to do it yeah and they have a guy with like no teeth wearing a luigi hat and he's obviously like because <laughs> he's a wrestling fan because he's ugly i guess and then there was a woman and they were all laughing at the woman saying she can't wrestle because she's a woman but kevin Guess what? What's that, Joe? She ripped her clothes off to reveal. Guess what? what? She's actually a sexy woman. No fucking yeah. way. And everyone applauds. Whoa. And they're like, wow, we can do this because a sexy woman is here. She can't wrestle, obviously, it because doesn't, doesn't intergender wrestling isn't a thing in this. But yeah. she's sexy, so we've got to have one of those. It's true. And her name is Pretty Kitty, not to be confused with Miss Kitty, who would have been a mainstay in the WWF in the year 2000 at the time this movie came out. But we don't want to make anyone confused or anything like that. Hey, of course Britney wants him back now, the himbo, now that he's been all, you know, he's been successful and he's an attribute to Jimmy the King. But we get a very sweet moment where he's like, Wendy, you're actually the girl I like and I got you a gift and it's like it's a shirt from the Hard Rock Cafe and she's like well I got you a gift and they go in and they have sex and then he's like get out of here and she stood naked with a duvet as everyone's like look at her and they go off to the big show big show crank it up 
Turn on them lights. So Brittany likes Himbo now. Himbo's nice to her, but he doesn't seem that into her anymore. Mm. She, she's impressed because she saw him on TV, even though she said that she doesn't watch wrestling and wrestling sucks and it's embarrassing and only nerds watch Nitro. But she suddenly thinks he's really cool because he's on wrestling, I guess. But something happened on his journey that made him not into Britney anymore. Somewhere he learned the lesson that it's more important to have something in common with a partner than it is for your partner to wear sexy outfits. Mm. Who did he learn this lesson from? Where did he learn it? What happened off screen that we didn't see? Oh, he was listening to Britney Spears. Maybe, I don't know. Because I know Crossroads hit on some pretty deep shit around yeah. that time. So maybe like he, he kind of learned about Britney's journey and kind maybe of it, yeah. learned from that, perhaps. It's you just, know? That's a really interesting... I, I You never get that in movies. No. Like the... the the him like the the stupid hot guy learning that the the hot girl isn't the best match for him. It's the one who's got something in common with him. But you always see it from the other perspective of like the girl with the interest has to become hot. She has to take off her glasses. Yeah, to to appeal to the boy. But yeah. now it's the other way around. And he's like he's grown up. He's matured. He knows he needs more from a relationship. But no, we don't get anything. No, he's in fact he literally doesn't mention her name. Like once. No, that's it. He doesn't it's talk done. about her at all. Like he talks about Britney in the first scene of the movie or whatever it Their is. Their arc is complete. They had sex. The end. And that's that's it. And then he leaves her and she's naked and just main event. They're going to the Royal Bash at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is gonna be a fucking shoot brothers what it is. We see for the first time a man called Sting. A man called Sting, Joe. You know it's a man Sting? called Sting. It's yeah. a man called Sting. What do you know? Do you know what he can do? He d- does this. Yeah. And he does that. Pretty He's much. Strong as a horse and mm. fast as a cat. That's true. And he also showed up in our Jake Roberts viewing for Spin a Wheel Make a Deal recently. So uh, I know you were enjoying Sting's acting chops. How do you think he got on here? He's not very good, but I mean that's fine because he's Sting. Yeah. And the crow isn't very good either oh that's true like, and... i mean i don't mean the film the crow i mean the guy playing the crow he doesn't really act so i think it's okay that sting doesn't act because the character he's based on doesn't act in fairness what a flex though like yeah. what, what a flex to be like yeah we're so confident in our mood and our character that was ripped off of the crow we're gonna put it in theaters like a year <laughs> or two after the fucking crow came out <laughs> yeah there's a new crow in town he's called sting also, there's another Sting in town as well, and he's called Sting as well. So get used to it, everyone. <laughs> and there is a bit of an, bit of a an odd way that they hype up the match. Sinclair comes out. Everyone's getting ready for the big event, and he refers to the main event as being one man's suicides. Two men will enter, one will leave, one will die here. So it's pretty hardcore stuff going on here. But suicide. So one of them will kill themselves. Yes. Not that one of them will beat the other one. No. One, one of, them... of them will just be like, nah. Yes. I give up. <laughs> Goodbye, cruel world. Now, when the cage came down, he's like, the cage of doom. And it was a triple cage. And you turned to me and you were like, is that War Games? I was like, ha ha, very funny, Joe. You just, having a pop you know what this me. is? You're a fake wrestling fan. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like all these men that make out as though they're wrestling fans. Like, oh yeah, I know so much about War Games. Well, can you even name every War Games match? No, you can't. You forgot that there was a War Games match with triple cages. Yeah. Okay, exactly. that's why I'm a true wrestling gamer girl. Exactly. Because when Joe thinks War Games, her mind immediately goes to Vince Russo and the red of the new blood. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) This was 
Something I was not looking forward to, the combination of slow-mo, sound effects and the punches and all that make this like watching some sort of weird like nightmare version of wrestling mm. that you might have if you had too much cheese. I think that's so stupid as well. Like, How do you fuck up? A sin, like a more cinematic version of wrestling. Like, if even yeah. Vince and like the WWE can make a cinematic wrestling fun, how do they make this so boring? Because they like, think it's like no impact. I think they have, think they have to add these noises and such. I like the noises. I actually something I I really would love to see sometime is a wrestling match with like sound effects added in, like more grunts, more punches, like I mean proper sound effects. On Cinema Swirl here, we've talked across Rocky one, two, and three about the varying. Like we went back and forth at this time where. Like the noises were stupid. There's times where like hey, the noises are really good. There's yeah. times where it just sounds like someone's just pressing a button going brink, 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 brink. So if someone's going to do it, they need to be a master of grunts. This is a job for Adam Biblo, I <laughs> yeah. think. I just think this is the type of movie you can do it because it's a comedy. Like obviously, yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing in like you know when I've, I eventually watched The Wrestler that they make you know they add sound effects to some of the moves then to make it more dramatic. Mm-hmm. But I think they really could have added more sound effects to this to make it sound funny. Yeah, they could have added anything to make it just more fun to watch really. yeah but it's, it's, it's not fun there's always like a camera angle swing down below and yeah. weird place you ever see wrestling actually just like wrestling oh who's gonna show up no we don't need mean gene after doing two excellent jobs doing nah. the exact same thing can we spend 800 grand to get let's get ready to dumbo to come out instead to do a slightly different and wrong version not are you ready are we ready what the fuck is are we ready let's get ready to rumble no we are ready to rumble what is that we are ready to do they get a reduced rate for doing like the fucking pre-owned version or something like that or all the words of phrase or something i thought maybe he was paid extra to do a, oh, a custom like no because the movie's called Ready to Rumble. Ah, so, so it's maybe his intellectual it's his property. Intellectual property, and maybe he he makes I don't know like twenty percent of the profits off this movie, which is probably means he owes a lot of people a lot of money. The best thing that he does is pronounce DDP as Diamond Dallas Page, which I enjoyed. It's a match between two long-time shooters. You got DDP there. He grew up hard. He grew up you know the old-fashioned way. You know. There's no one who emphasizes the old style of this business more than DDP, mm. other than Oliver Platt, of course. It's WCW, so the match begins with a million run-ins. And there's a big problem here, Joe, which is they're having the match, but also there's lots of like little asides where two characters are like, we're, we realize something now. Yeah. Or, and the, <laughs> imagine watching this where people like stop to turn and talk to each other like while there's a match going on. Like It's very, very peculiar. Yeah. A diamond upside down is a pussy. You had no. uh, umbrage with that. So Himbo, he's got a new suit. He looks like the mask. And it's really bad. And he comes in and he throws flour in DDP's face. And then he goes, a diamond upside down is a pussy. Which makes no sense on the many reasons. Okay, yeah. but for firstly, an upside down diamond is just a diamond. Yeah. Because they're the same. It's symmetrical. A DDP tapered diamond. A DDP tapered yeah. diamond though. Okay, even that upside down looks less like a vagina than the regular like okay so this is regular ddp yeah yeah that Joe's, look, Joe's doing the ddp right? sign here that looks like a vagina 
Now Can I'm I doing just say- it upside down. That's not a vagina. That's a diamond. That's a diamond. Vagina, diamond. They got it the wrong way around. They don't even know what a vagina looks like. There's something very, very appropriate about the fact that you did the Kimberly Page version of the diamond sign there with your fingers as opposed to the spread out hands. Oh, yeah. So that was ve- very good. I appreciate that. I like that you have strong opinions on it, you know, and, and I like that you took your time to explain your point. I don't like that these adult men in this juvenile movie for little boys are going around making boys think that vaginas look like yeah come on would you just be like the rest of us wrestling fans just never mention the word ever (laughs) ever 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 yeah jimmy's son comes up here which is just was he in the match always he just shows up as like like there's a million run-ins and he's one of the guys who's running in in a war games match i know right the whole idea you see sinclair lock the cage and lock them inside yeah but they're sinclair's men so they have keys joe i'm sure you know, we just don't access. see that bit. Sinclair's men are allowed to spawn inside the right. cage. Oh, I don't think that's oh, camping on the second camping. cage as usual, oh, for fuck's sake. There's some bits of wrestling interrupted with lengthy sides during the match. There's a lot of more sidings happening. Obviously, there's big business to happen because David Arquette returns to the match, Joe. I was really confused by that because I thought that was his dad because he was dressed as a cop and... I just a thought because he's he says he says throughout the movie. I know we've not mentioned it. There's lots of stuff in this movie we kind of didn't figure it's worth spending time on. Yeah. One of the themes of the movie is David Arquette's family want him to be a cop, and he wants to be, I guess, a wrestler or a sewage man or both. And so then David Arquette makes a big grand entrance on his motorbike, mm. which I don't know where he's gotten that from. Highway Patrol, baby. Okay, and he's dressed as a cop. Yeah. Highway Patrol, baby. And now he's interfering with the match. Yeah. And he's allowed to do this as well, because you show up with a, with a gimmick ready to go. Yeah, they're like, go on in. Pretty much. It's like in you know, Dragon's End, you knock on the door, you have a product, I'll let you in. Yeah. Like, you know, as long as there's no one else in there already, obviously. Like, yeah. That's how the world works. And if it's a cool enough gimmick as well, they'll actually let you change the outcome of the match. It's good. Well, that's how the world works for you at home. Yeah. The protagonist yeah, of the yeah. world. <laughs> So there is an odd bit once he comes in. He does his, yeah, he does his big run in. There's a, a spot that you would never see in wrestling where a big motorbike zooming in through a cage. That was pretty cool. That was cool, yeah. Bobby Lashley dove through a cage like that once. That was pretty pretty damn cool, <laughs> Bobby Lashley, to do that. Bobby Lashley is the 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 motorbike of humans, isn't he? He, he is. He's, he's solid and too much vehicle for most of us to handle. Also lovely to look at. Yeah, But exactly. not necessarily in a kind of like, oh, oh, I really personally, I'm into that. More of a kind of like, oh, I can appreciate that objectively. Spoken like someone who's seen him do the double glue pose live and in person in Manchester. <laughs> I appreciate it, you know? So he has to have his little moment where he turns to Himbo and be like, I did it, I drive a wrestler now, I did it. And it's like, yeah. yeah, you've grown up, you've achieved your dreams, we've both achieved personal growth. And like, yeah, we have. Like, there's a match going on in the background in the main event, but yeah, we've achieved personal growth. Let's take a moment to appreciate that. Yeah. And then Sasha just shows up like, oh, hey, David Arquette. And like, Sasha, I'm here to give you a piece of my mind now that I've had personal growth inside the triple cage of doom in the main event of royal bash yeah like i'd love for someone just to, someone's girlfriend to show up in a match and just be like by the way <laughs> and then they get dumped <laughs> sneak into the cage what's happening i think she's being dumped yeah <laughs> and then she gets hit again with a ladder this time because oh, god like 
There's the movie that came out around this time called Good Burger, which is equally as dumb. And mm-hmm. in it, Carmen Electra plays a sexy bad lady who similarly mm-hmm. does the exact same thing. She pretends to be their girlfriend right. and then is actually given secrets to the and baddie. Like, no offence to Rose McGarren, I'm willing to bet Carmen Electra did a much better job. Joe, she had a sky blue jumpsuit to work with. Oh, Come wow. on, like, you know, she That's was, unfair. It was unfair, exactly. But the gimmick in that was that she kept getting hit with like clumsily by the guy who yeah. was meant to be on the date with so he'd hit you know, play golf and she hit with a golf ball and all that they do like two bits where she gets knocked out this they have beaten Rose mm. McGowan over and this is like the fifth time she's been hit so hard she's gone like literally stars in her eyes like ee! like look at any of the scenes of Rose McGowan and play and do a slow zoom out it's fucking harrowing she's in a car accident oh yeah we just get to watch this poor woman get given multiple concussions it's, it's great isn't it I mean, there's lighter stuff happening you know, in the match because DDP has taken out a noose just to like kind of get across the sewer. <laughs> I missed that. No, she needs more overt suicidal references. <laughs> Can I just say, I don't think I ever want to see a noose in wrestling. We yeah. also talked about the time the big boss yeah. man got hung in wrestling. Yeah. I don't, yeah, no, you're totally right. I don't want to see a noose. Nah. Oh, it's just, it's too real. It's like certain things shouldn't exist in the universe of wrestling and one of those things is suicide, I think. Yeah. That's just like the whole... I know we've said this on referees, I just think the whole topic is like, it just shouldn't be in there. Because unfortunately, you can't stop it being there in real life. Yeah. So maybe let's not kayfabe a bit yeah. to add to the pile of flaming shit. Well, it looks like DDP may have the victory cinched here, Joe. He's up on the top. Oliver Platt's fallen below. Who could save the king in a trying time like this? It's a man called Sting. A man a called Sting. A man called Sting. He's a man called Sting. He, he can swing like a bat. Does this? He does he that. He can meow like a cat. Yeah. He does this. He does that. He swings in and kind of knocks over DDP and then vanishes. He goes away like my work here is done and like, you didn't actually do anything. Well, there's a reason why he did it, Joe. Right. Jimmy King is all right by me. Okay. That's why he did it. He had one line, Sting. But like, One why, line. if he's helping, why didn't he actually help beat up? Because he's like neutral, law, he's like neutral good. Like he wants, I think he just wants to make sure that it's even. So he, <laughs> he knocked DDP down to the same level that King was. I'm sure if right. roles were reversed. So yeah, you're he, saying if it's the other way around, if Jimmy the King was like doing a bit too well, it was, oh. this movie was feeling a bit too feel good. He'd yeah. come in and like knock him down, a bit, beat him up a bit. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, he, he's, he, I mean, he can arbitrate, yeah. you know. Right. Oh, maybe she does. Or he can arbitrate. He can also auto manipulate. And he's a yeah. man called Sting. A man called Sting. I'm sorry. It's harder <laughs> when you get more complex to keep the rhyme going. Who will win the big match? There's a million run-ins. Goldberg's there as well, isn't he? Yeah, Goldberg is Goldberg's there. Goldberg's there. Goldberg does a heck of a job, doesn't he? Well, David Arquette. Is it David Arquette? One of them. I think it's David Arquette. David Arquette does a spear, yeah. He does a spear. And then Goldberg, just like Goldberg would. This is so realistic, this bit. It was like like watching real life. Goldberg goes, hey, hey, hey. My spear kid. Which is definitely what happened because, you know, Goldberg loves it when, like, an amateur who isn't a wrestler comes in with a shit new gimmick on 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 a a motorbike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes in. While Goldberg's in the ring, does his move, does it kind of badly, but okay. Look, Joe. Right? And then Goldberg thanks him. He's like, good job. Look, you, you know what it is, okay? There's a simple thing. It, it applies a lot of things in life and in wrestling as well. 
You know, some folks say that real recognizes real. And Goldberg, he's a WCW original. He's a guy who made his name in WCW and became the WCW champion. David Arquette, he's a WCW original. He made his name for himself in <laughs> WCW. He's a WCW champion. Real recognizes real. All right? right yeah. you know, that's all it is. That's all it is, guys. I just do find it quite funny that in this movie, DDP is made out to be like the guy who's been wrestling for years and he's the one who's like all happy to take all the opportunities that he doesn't quite deserve which goes against ddp's actual career in real life because of course ddp was always happy to share the spotlight he was always getting other people over speaking of of always happy there's no one more of a team player than ddp or like are you okay ddp and playing a character whose role is basically going to be he got ahead because he's kind of friends with the guy who runs things where you yourself are often accused of getting ahead because you were kind of next door neighbors and friends and shared wives with the guy who was running things (laughs) yeah that's all right but Goldberg, mm. someone who notoriously did not share the spotlight, someone who really hated having to put anyone over. Or just to be made to look in a way that yeah. he felt was you know, inappropriate or whatever. He was very yeah. paranoid. Anything his, yeah. that wasn't 100%, oh, this is the big bad Goldberg man who does the spear and wins all the fights. Yeah, yeah. But here he is being like, oh, I've come to save the day and it's fine that you're doing my finisher in my match. Like, you could literally do that with, like, a, any other face on the... Like, you do it with, like, a Kevin Nash or a Hulk Hogan, even, yeah. or a Booker T or someone. But it's just because it's Goldberg and he's a loner. And it's just, like, It's literally why would never him? happen. It's like having Brock Lesnar play that part. It just would not happen. I think Sting and Goldberg should have yeah, reversed roles. Yeah, I think so. Goldberg Sting, come yeah. in, does the spear, leave. Says Jimmy that, King's all yeah, right by me. That's me- that yeah. makes sense because he would just do one thing and then go. Look, you know what? We're coming to the home stretch here now. I'll tell you one thing, if anything, from this watching, I'm confident more than anything we can save this I movie. I think we can save this movie. I think this Give us the master tapes. We can do, I think we can, we can remake this we can make it good we can rebuild it we can make it stronger (laughs) yeah we can provide notes (laughs) that won't just be add a million dollars to the main event stipulation ddp dies he falls through three cages and crashes into the ground below it did kind of make me a little bit yeah i don't know i don't say like it directly invoked own heart but i mean it's a oh you think well, so well it's like six months after our own heart fell from the rafters into the ring and died and he falls oh. from the rafters and like crashes i thought it was supposed to be referencing the hell in a cell match i think that's what they thought they were doing right. and i'll be honest i've watched this a million times i never once thought that yeah but i think you know recently i've always been on my mind a bit more mm-hmm. because we're doing 1997 stuff for for a podcast and what you know the the own episode of dark side of the ring came out which we watched so i think it's popped into my yeah. mind but you know probably could have come up with a slightly yeah. more tasteful finish but hey jimmy the king wins Goldberg is uncharacteristically very enthusiastic and the fans have something to say to that snake sinclair as well he doesn't believe what's happening sinclair is, is real mad because obviously this outcome was not what he wanted and he's the creator you know he's the creator he might show them the destroyer at some point as yeah. well you know? and so they say to Sinclair, you didn't make wrestling, we made wrestling. As in, the boys, David Arquette and the himbo. Oh, I don't think he means we the fans collectively. Yeah, we yeah. the fans made wrestling. Yeah, and we made wrestling. Remember that, yeah. folks at home. We made wrestling, and therefore it is incumbent and important and entirely up to us to implement change. Yeah, which is why then... You're ultimately responsible, fans. Yeah, which is why then, after that... Sinclair, the promoter, gets sucked into the crowd and beaten presumably to death. Yeah, he gets like stomped on. You yeah, see that? He, gets, he gets beaten to death and he's all like, eh. 
again oh, before he dies. Bischoff yeah. came back in the late 2000s with the white hair because Sinclair got trounced to death. And like, Eric, <laughs> you're never going to believe what's happening. He's like, oh, here it goes. So everyone's really happy they're interviewing Jimmy King and, the, and Mean Gene just like, Tag team championships, you gotta be thinking about unification. No one's ever unified. The world belt would have don't do that. The idea as well that he's like, ah, you've just uh you've won this you've won this fantastic title, you're gonna be a, t- a tag team now? Don't give Vince McMahon that idea. No. What if we made the tag team a singles belt? <laughs> and what if we put it on a single star? And then all the tag teams only had to wrestle one guy and they all lost. <laughs> Goldberg's very happy that Jimmy won and because he's so happy for Jimmy because Goldberg's such a good, nice guy. You know, he yeah, just wants other guys. Yeah, that Goldberg yeah, isn't like. yeah, you know, Jimmy the King, he's a vet. You know, Goldberg respects those who came before him. Stop giving back so much. You're in you're in deficit no, now, Goldberg. You know what else? He's not even done yet because he's going to be in a tag team with Jimmy King. Even though Jimmy King is probably well past his prime by now, Goldberg obviously is, is Goldberg. And Jimmy King, now that he's signed to that ridiculous fat contract, this is the power this is the same reason why Scott Steiner was able to walk around WCW with a Bengal tiger and everyone's too scared to stop him Jimmy King's like fuck you Goldberg you're not gonna be my partner this untrained kid over here we're gonna fucking put him on TV with the champion this untrained guy over here he's gonna be my manager we're gonna fucking run the business old style boys yeah we're gonna keep the money up front out the back we're gonna take the take home we're gonna spit up with the boys get a bag of coke and an eight ball Whoa! Now, this is, I think, where Goldberg might have had a bit of a problem with this Maybe, movie. Yeah. The fact that he was put in a match to help get another guy over who no then way. uses his finisher move and then gets congratulated by Goldberg for doing it in the same match as him and then doesn't win but then agrees to tag team with the guy who rejects him for an amateur wrestler played by David Arquette. I mean, come on. Rip off Goldberg once. You're doing the spear. Shame on you. Rip off Goldberg twice. This man has a dangerously low amount of training. Come on, guys. Come <laughs> what are you going to take next, his goatee? Come on. There's nothing left of the brand. I cannot imagine the conversations poor Goldberg must have had with his wife. Yeah. He is sitting depressed and she's like, what's wrong, honey? He's like, just they make me out like that in that movie why did they book me like that is this how they made him go heel in 2000 <laughs> they ground him down with this yeah. and he comes back like do you want to be heel Goldberg it would never happen see how DDP got put over in that movie they'd never do that to you if you were heel like yeah okay I guess I'll go stalk Miss Elizabeth so the movie ends with a little bit of a uh, closing up the circle the boys are back in their hometown talking to the kids again the kids are like ah oh, that's just you know you're just talking about dreams. Like they're alluding to the fact that maybe it was just another fantasy. Although I would say they didn't do a very good job. They could have done a very. I wish they would have went into wrestling fantasy mode yeah, a lot because honestly, definitely. as I was saying, as a kid, I w- it wouldn't be like I'm going to sit down and fantasize. I'd just be sit there and daydream, and you'd, you'd float in and out of like a, a match in your head. Yeah, you know? it's not like you, I mean, I was never a wrestling kid, so maybe I'm totally wrong with this, but I don't really think. The things wrestling fans are fantasizing about is like having a match with their local shopkeeper. No, that's what we have create a wrestler mode for. That's where we make all yeah, the teachers. You exactly. find the walk cycle that's most like their gate. And, and then you, you beat put, them up. And you beat them up. Yeah. Oh, lads, I've ever told you about SmackDown 3 when they had the Undertaker's entrance on a motorbike, but then they gave it so that you could do the exact same entrance, but on a moped. And our maths teacher was defined singularly by the fact that he had a moped. <laughs> Best times ever. So, yeah, it's not a dream. Goldberg's there. It is tights. 
He they, throws yeah. the shopkeeper out of the window. And he's like, say that I'm your daddy, you little bitch, and fuck me. Or he's, what was it he says? It's very so, sexy so again. Suck my dick, or I'm going to come in your mouth. Or... Very sexual. Yeah, something really sexy. The fact that he's in his tights, yeah. and the other guys are fully dressed, is yeah, very odd. Very, and he's like, just like a gas station, which is like the most inappropriate place yep. to be wearing just your underwear. It's just so wrong. It's so wrong. So we end off... A like Hummer, Humvee, some type of fancy car pulls yep. up, driven by an incredibly beautiful woman. It's Nitro Girls were driving, yeah, yeah. Full of hot, sexy girls. Jimmy the King is there. And then they're all going to go off to WCW. Yeah, to bright future. Wrestlers. For another three months. Slash, sorry, the himbo becomes a manager. Yeah, they're going to go have a big long run there. The same kind of big long run AJ Styles had in WCW. In Even though... The himbo never had any fantasies about like cutting a promo or doing any of the things that managers do. Yeah, and I will say as well, right? As someone new, I, I mentioned earlier, I fantasize a lot about like you know cutting promos. Yeah, and being, being a manager. manager. Like I, I think I said before in the wrestling game episode that like I didn't make me as a wrestler for the first years. Yeah. I made me as my own wrestler's manager, which I think is much more interesting as a dynamic. I think a lot more wrestling fans would be able to relate to that because a lot of wrestling fans know of the wrestling fan that wanted to be the wrestler, but yeah. I think a lot of us were the wrestling fan that would actually rather be the manager. I mean, cutting a promo on the playground yeah. is a lot safer than doing the swanton bomb off the jungle gym lads. That's all I'll say. Yeah, you, know? you get to be cool, but also you don't have to do any physical exertion stuff. Yes, these types of wrestling fans, are as, their fantasies are as valid. Yeah. And the fact that it's just like, oh, I won't do anything, so I guess I'll be a manager. Fuck off with that shit, it's man. Ridiculous. Well, that's the end of that movie. Sal's okay as well. Stu Hart lives to fight another day. Joe, we've had some highs. We've had a lot of lows. It felt like this is... This has proven your wrestling fandom. And I didn't think you'd get outraged. You know, I feel like you mm. were really like the portrayal of points. And also it feels like some of the missed opportunities. I think you feel like, what do you feel about this movie at the end of it? I wish I'd watched this right when we first started the podcast. Can you fucking imagine? Game over. I really want to find out what Dan, our illustrator, thought of it. Now that I've watched it and he's watched it, I really want to ask him what on earth he thought it was about. Because at least you had this thread of wrestling yeah. to pull you through. Yeah, exactly. If like if a non-fan watched this, fucking hell, this would be miserable. It feels like it's written to both appeal to someone who's never seen any wrestling and knows nothing about it, but also appeal to someone who's vaguely aware of the concept of wrestling, but definitely not anyone who's never seen any wrestling no. and knows nothing, but also not an actual wrestling fan who knows knows about wrestling so it's that weird middle subsect of people who kind of know a bit about wrestling and it's always amazing to know that you look back at this it's one of the countless examples that the people who are most successful in wrestling are very often those who are least well equipped at least at the time to tell you why they are successful and what it is that they're doing that will maintain that success because it feels like wcw doing this it felt like they never knew why they were hot in the first place and it also it shows that they didn't even realize that they were cold or like, the, you know, yeah. I thought you would have used this movie to be like, look, WCW ain't about Hogan and Flair and Macho Man anymore. It's about the new guys. It's about Sid and Booker T and Lance Storm or whoever and the Nitro Girls. But they didn't do that. They gave no. this weird, like, this version of WCW never existed. No. I had a friend who had WCW on N64. He'd never seen WCW. But we would have arguments about which was the better company. Because right. he's like, look at the roster. Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior. And I'd be like, but they don't know how to use them. <laughs> it feels like this is the WCW he thinks existed. It was just this weird place where some people were there. I yeah. don't know. It... <laughs> have you got a star wipe rating for this, Joe? <sighs> I mean, 
it's a it's it's a lot to sum up here now. Obviously, mm. I mean, are you going to be watching Ready to Rumble again anytime soon? No. You be recommending it to anyone? No. Did you have a good time watching movies? At first. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. We're, we're going to do another one of these still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can we just not do Ready to Rumble? <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. Tell you I was what. Hoping, I actually was looking forward to this. I like a good gross movie. Yeah. I don't even mind stuff that's aged badly. You know, I was saying on my Q&A last month, I was showing you Click recently. Yeah. And a whole bunch of really problematic movies that I loved as a teen. I don't mind that occasionally. I yeah, think, we, we've watched South yeah, Park, for Christ's sake. Exactly. Like, you know, come on. But this is just so confused. I don't know who it's for. I don't know who it's by. Is it by a wrestling fan? Is it by someone who's friends with a wrestling fan? That's what it feels like. It feels like it's maybe written by the friend of someone who's really into wrestling. And they've yeah. kind of secondhand heard, you know, about Goldberg and about DDP because he's the one who was kind of interesting to that person. So he's remembered. And Sting, obviously, because he's got the mask. But everyone else, like, yeah. That's funny matter. because, like, with this movie, you can see why it's fa- so fascinating for so many years. Is yeah. Because for so many years, this was the wrestling movie. And you can even argue now with like the rest or whatever. It's like it's a much different thing to this. Yeah. This, this is the dramatized, feel-good wrestling movie that was made by a wrestling company. Mm. The only time it's happened. And man, it's like they've... Like WWE films have never come close to... I, I feel... I've, I've watched a lot of wrestling-themed movies for, for a podcast. And I feel this one is just misses the mark so wildly and so personally it feels mm. like with a lot of wrestling fans the fact that like all the gross out stuff has nothing to do with wrestling yeah like it's literally just to do with them working at a sewerage there's no mufflers thing. or anything no like... no mufflers no little poos in the ring left by CM no Punk pi- no pipe bombs yeah no no draws making himself sick ah oh, man you know on demand you know the stuff all the stupid stuff that Vince is like all the weird shit that wrestlers are so fucking weird like what? they didn't get into that at all would Vince have liked the movie I think Vince would love this movie. Yeah. yeah. Vince would have loved it. Brett would have hated this, you reckon? I think Brett, honestly, would have turned it off after three minutes. Yeah. I think he that first daydream bit where they have the fight with the shopkeeper would be like, no. It's the shits. <laughs> I'd rather blow my brains out than watch any more of this. I mean, we can't take that as an official rating, Joe. As it's a cinema swirl, a formula. And one again, a big thanks to my OTP, Sam Chaplin. And make sure you do give cinema swirl a wee look. If you like the idea of the format of someone who's not seen a movie before, we do this with actual movies, not weird WCW promotional items. I have a question. Yeah. So David Arquette was a wrestler. Yes. After this movie? Yes. To tie into this movie? Yes. How did that work? It's a, it's honestly a whole thing. Oh, really? David, I mean, I only say you don't want to watch Rage Rumble ever again. I say, I'll promise you we won't make you watch it ever again. Okay. But like, honestly, a David Arquette episode. Are you serious? He's still wrestling Joe. Oh my God. So yeah, and I don't want to say much more so about it than that. I will never find out. I have to watch this movie. I thought that, that was my, my thing. I was like, I, I, I have to watch this movie, is, but at least but I'll know how... The most successful, you know, wrestling actor's crossover. There's went, more. Uh, there's more to the story. David Arquette will have to come up as his as his own episode at some point. Okay, so fine. Prepare thyselves. However long it is you'll need to recover from this, God knows if it's coming anytime soon. But it is definitely planned. Okay, so I've given this a generous one star wipe. <laughs> I was going to give it one point five, and actually doing this recording has made me realize I liked it even less than I thought. So no, it's it's one. You heard it here first. 